This is the MLW Radio Network. Time to start your day the right way with front row material. Starring ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whitbrick. Now, let's welcome your host, Mike Freeman. It's Tuesday night. It is Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. So glad you have taken some time of your evening to go ahead and join us. And as always, I am joined by my beautiful bald-headed friend. His name is... The Rit. Ritster, how are you, buddy? A lot better now, Freeland. A lot better now. How you doing? This new year is great. And it man, is. So far, it's going to be a hot one. I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good 2022. Once again, we said that about 2021. Obviously, oh, that, we we almost snuck out of 2021. Almost. And here's the here's the bar, bad part about it. I was so excited uh, about the Betty White. Uh, a big, big tribute for her 100th birthday coming up because, as you know, I'm a big Golden Girls fan, and it uh, just took the the wind out of my sail. And you were the one that actually texted me and uh, and gave me the heartbreaking news. And it's just, uh... yep, this is for you, Betty. So, Man. but uh, Freeland, yes, sir. It's 2022, and uh, well, it's time for us to lead the station. And get on, get on the tracks, cause the locomotive's coming through. Choo choo, choo choo, baby. And you know it rhymes with choo choo. Poo poo. Erica Lee, another shout out, another plug. Just because we love poo poo pee pee. Anyway, please continue. I digress. But uh, Freeland, yes. I love. I'm gonna let you introduce tonight's guest. There's a reason why somehow you're giving me the honors of introducing our guest, and and right now I tell you what. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little nervous. Is there a reason behind why I'm I would be doing Freeland? I, I was told that it would be great entertainment if you would interview uh, introduce him just as what I said. So Freeland, no further ado. Let's let's hit this up. All right, guys. With, with that, be- I don't even know what to say at this point. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's welcome in our guest tonight. He is a very successful professional wrestler, a very intimidating man, great physique. He is Brian Johnson. Brian, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking some time out for us. Freeland, let me make this very clear. If anybody ever mentions the locomotive and you bring up poo-poo, I'm going to knock all of it that's inside of you out of you. And if you ever call me by anything other than the M-E-C-C-A, the Mecca, Brian Johnson... You're not going to have to worry about Betty White and making it to 100 years. You got it? Yes, duly noted. Freeland, I bring. I, I sit there and I sign a guest to come on. Yeah. The locomotive. The mecca of sports entertainment, professional wrestling. And you have to sit there and... It's so terrible. I'm pissed I, off I, I took a second seat to Betty White. What she's ever done? Who's she ever beat? I'm sorry. I, you know what? I was wrong, and, and you know what? I can I can admit that. 
Uh, you're a very scary man. Uh, I can tell. Um, not my intentions to upset you, my friend. So please, my sincerest condolences, and uh, please don't make me buy my plot tomorrow. So thank, thanks a lot, Rit. Hey, my pleasure, Freeland. What a way to start off uh, 2022. So Mecca, man, how are you doing, sir? How, how is your year planning out? Uh, Ring of Honor, you know, closed his doors for a little bit. So what is on the Mecca's, you know, what are his stops on that locomotive? So I guess to answer your first question, how am I doing? Terrible. I just lost my freaking job. Thanks. As you like to say, Ring of Honor closed their doors. Uh, so that was a real kick in the ass, guys. You know, like any place closing. And... Um, a place like Ring of Honor, obviously I'm making a little light of it with losing a job, right? I'm still wrestling. Uh, I'm keeping my head above water. But when a place like Ring of Honor closes, it's not like you just blink an eye and move on. Uh, we might not have the uh, legacy of Betty White to bring a tear to everybody's eyes with the passing. But uh, our handprints and fingerprints on pro wrestling are undeniable. But we've been up that, that road long enough. Uh, and final battles come and gone. And hopefully this re-imagery of it or whatever the hell they're calling it that's coming in April involves the Mecca. Uh, or at least let's hope for them it does, because if not, they're just going to be a much more stale version of what they were. Um, in regards to myself and uh, what I'm calling the Mecca Locomotive Tour 2022, we're jacked up and ready for this Saturday night. We start On Point Wrestling in New Jersey, followed by IWA Vintage the following week. Uh, and I got some other dates coming up and, and all of them you can find on my Twitter and Instagram, but we're not here to plug that yet. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of, uh, brilliant questions from the two years yeah, they, that you got lined up. Richard, uh, do you, I, do you uh, want me to, do you want me to start or do you want me to, uh, to sit well, back here and, and it all depends. Are you going to ask an intelligent question? I'm going to ask an intelligent question. Yes. Uh, uh, I apologize ahead of time, Mecca. Well, that would that would make one of us shocked for sure. Can I refer to you as Mr. Johnson? Shall I do that? Go ahead. Let's let's rock, boys. Uh, let's kind of talk about the early years of of getting into pro wrestling. I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a while. Obviously, you've been very successful. What was kind of the the genesis of you deciding that this is something that you wanted to do? Was it something that was kind of always on your radar, or was it something that you felt like you know what? I have the physical abilities already i have all the intangibles i think i'd like to do something like this you know it never came from a physical standpoint uh and i don't know if i've ever had somebody ask me from that standpoint uh i never thought of it that way obviously there's a lot of guys that are that's pro football players that probably look at it that way right for sure um brock lesnar and then on down um I always just loved it, uh, and that's, I know, cliche in a way, but I have an older sibling, and he liked it, and my father, he watched it, and, uh, you know, you're kind of born into pro wrestling. It's very rare that, like, someone just picks it up by themselves. I mean, it happens, right, but usually it's a grandmother or a family member, and I had an early influence on it, and I just was hooked from day freaking one. I mean, come on, pro wrestling's the greatest thing in the world. If anybody tells you different, they're wrong in, like, it's just, it's fucking awesome. I hope I can curse. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, no. Feel free. Cool. Uh, I guess not too sorry as I started with the F word. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I was, I was lucky enough to have 
some family influence that enjoyed wrestling. They weren't wrestlers themselves, and I just got hooked and never looked back. Obviously, whenever someone decides, you know, wrestling is what I'm going to do, um, it, it normally there's one, one or both parents who someone says, wait a minute, you know, Jerry Lynn has told us on numerous occasions that, uh, you know, my his parents would never watch the matches just because they were afraid of seeing the blood or, you know, their child getting injured. Did you ever have any family members that were kind of hesitant about that or worried about, hey, you know what, this is this is pretty dangerous. Are you sure about this? No, uh, my well-being has weirdly never come into play with my parents. I, I was quick to tell them my thoughts of them when I became 18 and felt like they needed to know it. Uh, and sometimes that, you know, it's called disrespect. I don't know. Some made up Japanese term, I guess. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, my parents, I, I think they were almost hoping I'd get hurt, to be honest. And it would kind of scare it out of me. Uh, but they didn't realize that uh, they were building this little mecca from day one. And, and there hasn't been anybody to stop me yet. And there ain't going to be anybody going to. So obviously growing up in the uh, in the Northeast where, you know, you get wrestling a lot. Did you end up getting Madison Square Garden television as well? Up in I, the did Northeast? I, I did not. I did not. Um, I was a little early for Philly Spectrum wrestling, but I was familiar. I had some tapes, like I said, my father watched and to my knowledge, I would assume his dad at least tolerated, if not followed. Uh, and every now and then I had like an uncle or two that would tell me random stories of like, if they were at the spectrum scene, Bruno San Martino or whatever. Um, so I was more aware, of, I was more aware of prism wrestling. And okay. The idea of it. I probably didn't understand like how it worked or, you know what I mean? Cause I was young. I, I'm, um, um, Hulk Hogan was world champ when I was born. So, um, WWF champ. So, I was a little bit past it, but I'm familiar with it. So obviously, you know, ECW has had a big impact on a lot of people as well, even if it's not necessarily for the hardcore itself, for the storytelling, for the passion, um, a lot of the same things that, that Ring of Honor has, a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, very, very uh, fervent fans who eat, sleep, and breathe the product. Did you ever get a chance to uh, enjoy or kind of dabble in watching some ECW as well? Was that something that piqued your interest as well? For sure. Um, I'm a WWF baby, I guess they would call it first and foremost. And um, ECW got hot in the late 90s, so I was still relatively young. Not too young, but uh, they were available Saturday nights. So, like, it was a little past the bedtime. And then I went to a live show. That, but I went to a handful of live shows. They were always pretty rowdy, so like only dad would go, obviously, to those ones. And I think he kind of got it because it like weirdly worked out that only dad came to them. Because I think <laughs> if mom would have saw a couple things, uh, it might not have flown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they were definitely third to me. Not that that's any discredit to them, because uh, I think that's a pretty solid comparison for being a bozo between uh, ROH and ECW. Um, I think one thing that always gets brought up, if you don't mind me touching on that, uh, with those companies is the passion of the fans, right? And like this kind of cult following, I think it's in a way kind of passed itself to GCW now. Um, and the like, they're on fire, man. But I think that something that gets overlooked is the locker room. And like, I don't know if those fans at Ring of Honor or those fans at ECW or those fans at GCW or wherever you think has that vibe gets that energy unless the locker room brings it 
And uh, I felt for a long time there that Ring of Honor had like such a badass locker room. I didn't necessarily get along with everybody. Uh, they didn't. They certainly did not enjoy my company based off putting my bags in the hallway. But uh, we had talent um, at all walks of pro wrestling. Uh, we had big guys. We had high flyers. We had badasses. We had the best technical wrestlers. We had women's wrestling. We had tag team wrestling. We had trios. Like we had everything rocking at one point. And I think that's something that uh, I don't want to say gets overlooked, but maybe discredited. Uh, the strength and variety that our rocker room had had for so long at Ring of Honor and ECW and GCW's got a whole variety. You know, you get Nick Gage, but you get Blake Christian, but you get you know what I mean, like. And then the list goes on and on. Jerry Lynn and Sandman, right? Like, same thing. Let me ask you about that, just kind of piggybacking on that question. When you talk about locker rooms, we've we've heard, and, and you're probably familiar with this, you know, The Undertaker was the locker room leader uh, in the WWE for, for many years. Yeah. Did you guys have maybe maybe not just one person, maybe there was multiple people that kind of were the flag bearers when it came to something like that, that just kind of looked out for other people and um, was kind of someone everyone kind of was like, you know what, I got a ton of respect for this person. Not for me, no. No. I mean, sure, there was veterans, but I thought they were all kind of stuck up. Right. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I guess PJ Black looked out for me. He's an okay guy. Um, if you had to, it, I, I think the Undertaker uh, label is so big, like uh, to put that on anybody is almost like a pressure also that I don't sure. think it's fair to put on them. Um, Ring of Honor kind of handled stuff to, you know, guys kind of handled their own things. I, I guess for sure the locker room's going to be pissed if I don't say Jay Briscoe, but he's a bozo. He's never helped with anything. Uh, but he would probably be the guy that if there was a real issue, oh, watch out for Jay. Yeah. I'll watch out for him. I can smell him six doors down. So, you know, with Ring of Honor, I think one of the things that I remember the most about Ring of Honor was just originally, and I, I think they even got back to that, it was it was the handshake, it was the respect, it was it was definitely something that you did not see in any of their promotions because it was like, you know what, we're going mano a mano. You know, no gimmicks needed with this thing. We're, I'm just going to bring you the best I got. You give me what you got. We're going to let it all hang out. And I think that's what a lot of people loved and which was so special about it, that it wasn't a whole lot of gimmicky storytelling type of things. It felt very real. It had that realistic feel, much like an ECW does or much like a GCW does. Um, what would you say was a moment in your career there so far that you were like, yeah, this definitely is one of my favorite moments that I've had with this company? You know, um, I actually thought, where are we at? We're about 18 minutes into this, that you were maybe intelligent, Mike. I was, like, starting to be fooled. Like, must maybe my hat's on too tight. But when was there a moment when it felt real to me? Every goddamn moment I'm in that ring, it's real to me. And I understand you asked for one big moment at Ring of Honor, and we're going to get to that. But the idea that, that there's moments that exist that aren't real, when I'm in that freaking ring, Every goddamn thing matters. And I think that uh, the fact that Ring of Honor became popular for a handshake, well, that handshake went, what, what it was was wiping away this 
bullshit discrediting of pro wrestling that happening for so long where people just prostituted uh moves maneuvers holds and and just bastardize it for uh entertainment sake sometimes or what they find entertainment and it and it watered down what used to be the baddest motherfuckers on the planet whereas ring of honor when you wrestle with somebody and you compete with them at the highest level and there's actual rules that people have to abide by and they use them whether correctly or incorrectly however the foundation considers it um I think that's impressive. I think any two men just swinging at each other, will, yeah, go to a bar and at least have a 12-pack beforehand. Uh, but the, the technical ability of Ring of Honor, uh, and to me, there's nothing unreal about that. So to, to further into the question of what was my best moment, um, it would be hard to overlook Philly. Uh, glory by honor when I wrestled EC3. Uh, unfortunately, I was unsuccessful, right? Um, but to be able to be considered for so long this brash, bad attitude, uh, hard to deal with, uh, loud, uh, disrespectful individual. That's what I, you know, I read about me or hear about me, but yet to have an entire crowd appreciate my work and stand on their feet and, and in spite of that uh, was pretty awesome. Um, plus it was my hometown. So that helps. I had a freaking Liberty Bell. That was awesome. Um, and while I don't care for him, a tie, because it is a tie. Um, when we came back from the pandemic, the very first pay-per-view back was best in the world with live crowd. And uh, Ring of Honor management wasn't stupid. They started the pay-per-view off by putting a live microphone in my hands. And I went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Briscoes. Two of the baddest dudes on the planet. And I'm not just talking hygiene. Like, legitimately tough also, besides their dental bills. And um, it was it was something I'll never forget, for sure. But with me, every moment's real in there. If you had to pinpoint one aspect that makes, just one, I mean, there's probably a lot more, but if you were to narrow it down to one, one aspect that made Ring of Honor different than when someone's flipping channels through other promotions, what would you say that one thing is? Would you say that they... innovation, innovation? Okay. Um, maybe not even just our era, like the stuff that Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe were doing when it started, right? To what Nigel transformed it to, to what even like Tyler Black was doing, and the hard striking era of like the American Wolves, and then that even transformed into like the unique ability of the young bucks and the innovation that they brought to pro wrestling and like how innovative guys like vincent are i mean he's creepy as shit but like to have a whole crowd snap with you while you look like you've never seen a stick of deodorant like i don't know that's some sort of creativity um i think that innovation i i don't think we get credit for how innovative we are like Imagine a pro wrestling match on Monday night at nine o'clock 15 years ago, and then imagine one now. And like that change in just the style of pro wrestling has like flipped its head. Like, look at NXT, that would have never existed if there wasn't Ring of Honor. Period. Like, the whole product and the way they work, it's just Ring of Honor at a higher production level or with a production level that I don't want to say higher production level, but maybe like a more focused production level, I should say, maybe would be a, a more professional way to say it. But yeah, I, I think innovation. 
in, in 2018, you were part of the first new class in the Ring of Honor dojo. And then you went on to become the number one seed in the top prospect tournament. Would you say when you went in that tournament, that is when the Mecca was born? Or when would you say the Mecca became Ring of Honor? Uh, so if anything, the Mecca was born the moment I lost that tournament. Um, losing is never fun, right? I mean, it's not, no one enjoys it. I, and if they do, you don't belong in general, probably life, but like in pro wrestling, you definitely don't belong. Um, and to finally get what I thought I deserved after, you know, really running that dojo and then to see that I was seated against a Hall of Famer's son. What? While like Dak Draper, the, the pride and joy of Denver gets this like sawed off jabroni. What? It, it, I don't know how I didn't see it sooner. And it drove me mad. I didn't sleep for three straight days. I swear to God, I didn't sleep for three days. And I just kept thinking like the fucking writing was on the wall. Now, granted, uh, Austin Gunn is obviously talented. He's moved on to do things at AEW. He went to the finals of that tournament. But I slipped on a banana peel. That guy didn't beat me. I was so freaking pissed off. Like I said, I didn't sleep three days. And, and I just festered and festered. And then, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be in enough shows that I kind of knew where things happened. So, like, I found commentary one day without them knowing. And then... I knew a commercial break was happening, so people were lats, and I hopped and got in the ring and, you know, in Milwaukee, and I just had to force my way in. Um, so I would say the loss, the moment the, the hand hit three in Atlanta, that's when the Mecca was born. So uh, you, you would sit there and say that the Mecca locomotive slows down, but it never completely ever stops, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've taken a bad step since that moment. Uh I mean, there's definitely been some lows, right? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say everything had been forward momentum, but in the sense of like uh, nonstop. But I would say ever since I've developed, or I hate saying developed, I've harnessed my energy a little differently or mm -hmm. um, put a chip on my shoulder, uh, whatever it may be. You people say angry, you know, ever since you got so angry. But I'll be honest, ever since then, I've been on this Mecca locomotive has been rolling forward. I haven't seen anything stop it yet. Sure, there's there's pauses here and there, you know, a Briscoe boot or a Josh Woods chokehold, but it's nothing stopping it. When it comes to being the Mecca, let me ask you this question especially when it comes to Ring of Honor and the way they handle their talent, it seems to me, as a viewer, they give you guys a lot of creative freedom to really do as you wish. It doesn't seem like there's any handcuffs on you. Um, talk a little bit about the beauty of getting to work with a promotion that allows you to be you and doesn't try to water you down or tries to get you to change where it doesn't feel natural, where the audience just wouldn't go for it. So, um, what I find most impressive, and I, I'll get to your question, I promise. What I find most impressive about my run, albeit short in Ring of Honor, is Ring of Honor is a pro wrestling company, right? Like, everybody knows it for the handshake, the code of honor, the, the technical aspect of it, bell to bell. 
I am on this podcast tonight because of what I said, not what I did. My promos are what grabbed every single person's attention. And I'm not stupid. My words spoke louder than my actions for the first six or eight months. Then when they started watching and opened their damn eyes, they finally realized that, oh, shit, he's really good and he has been. We're just clueless and can't get our sausage fingers off the keyboard to you know, stop and watch an actual match for once. Um, so in saying that, uh, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm losing. I, so in saying that, I think that I, uh, I think that that's proof that they gave us that freedom. I know I got a little jumbled there. The question was about the freedom and I brought up promos. If I didn't have said freedom to uh, speak my mind like that in those sit down interviews or in those promos, uh, if I was given, even um, told what to say to like a three line, you know, say if I had 10 to say, but they only gave me three that were must, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was given a lot of freedom because that's why we're successful or why we were a different form of professional wrestling because we looked at it differently, right? It was the sport aspect first. And without that freedom, I wouldn't, I, you guys wouldn't be talking to me today. I'm not stupid. My promos got me here. And then there's so many other promotions that have now reached out and gotten in touch with me. And I feel like people talk more about what I say most of the time than what I do, which is unfortunate that they don't see talent when it's smack them in the ass. But it, it's interesting you bring up like with promos and whatnot. Was that something that you had always wanted to be able to do was, hey, give me the microphone, let me speak my mind? Or do you feel like that was something that over time kind of evolved to something where you're like, no, you know what? Now is what I want to say. Now I want to speak upon how I feel after so many years. Um, do you feel like that was always something that you were really good at or you wanted to do or oh, it I just happened to be? At it. I had no problem talking shit. The problem is most guys can't cut promos. That's what, or do interviews, right? And they have to script it. Like, cause most wrestlers now were grown up as like dorky, nerdy wrestling fans with no friends. Like they weren't the men of the old days, like the bruiser, that dude, or the crusher in Minnesota or like Harley race. He grew up like smoking cigarettes as a 14 year old and beating dudes asses. So when he got in front of a microphone, he was fucking awesome because he wasn't nervous. Then you have these little dorts that grew up on video games and getting wedgies and like getting picked on. And now they've become pro wrestlers because Twitter is more important than fundamentals in the ring. And they don't know how to talk because they can barely talk to women. You see them when they act around girls at the allure or around like divas, they're all just bumbling over their own words because they're morons. And the guys that can talk the talk are people that have probably done things successfully outside of wrestling. But these like, and, and I'm, you know, one to speak, right? I've only been in wrestling, but I didn't grow up some nerd. Like I, I understand that, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers play basketball and that like the sky is blue and I've been out of my parents' house for a long period of time. Um, and I think most wrestlers now that have turned into heroes are just dorks that have just happened to get a pair of tights on before somebody else, not necessarily talent. And that's why my promos come off believable because they're me they're not me acting like this wrestler i'm supposed to be for every jackass on twitter to me it sounds a lot like and i don't know if anybody's ever made a reference or comparison before to this like like steve austin 
you know, when they finally allowed him to be himself and for him to speak upon himself, I feel like that is kind of indicative of, of what you are a great wrestler. They never understood that you could do so much more. You're given the opportunity and you're allowed to be you in so many different ways without the handcuffs. And now there's gold right there and people want to be a part of that. And they want to have you because you can talk people in the building. Um, I guess my question to this would be, who are some people that right now in the game today you feel like can grab that stick and they can definitely either put uh, some fear into someone or they can definitely make it very believable? So um, I think I'd be stupid if I didn't say Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie. Phenomenal. Um, I don't watch a ton of other product while I was with Ring of Honor. I'll be honest with you. Because to me, it was like, why the fuck am I supporting them? They're not my friends. They're my enemies. They're literally taking the same money pot from me so they can pay their bills. So I didn't watch a lot. Uh, but he's from the Northeast. So I've seen Eddie enough that I can respect him till day one. But I'm going to just give some from Ring of Honor that I think obviously not still running regularly but if you get a chance to see these dudes i think these guys can talk the talk um i'm biased obviously again with the ring of honor tag but i actually think jay briscoe could talk i mean he could talk a deaf guy into the building jay briscoe's uh phenomenal on the stick uh i think kenny king is really underrated but he's one of the smoother talkers uh He's got a creative, super creative mind, and he's got his hand on uh, pop culture and, like, that type shit. Uh, so he can make references that even, like, common folk can get, which is really hard for a wrestler sometimes. Like, he can reference The Bachelor and catch somebody. Uh, not everybody can do that. And that's, that's a good – and he can do it, like, smooth and, like, pro wrestling. It's good. Uh, he's phenomenal. Um, I don't want to leave anybody off. Just from Ring of Honor, again, I'm trying to stick to that. You know who I think, here's one that I don't think a lot of people talk about when they see a good promo. Um, I think Tracy Williams, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, is one of the best professional wrestling promos. Um, He's belief in what he says. Uh, Tracy and I have actually never gotten along uh, a stupid thing over handshakes and shit that uh, he's a nerd, whatever. But he's convincing in what he says. And I believe that any good promo uh, is something where not only am I the person viewing it, believing it, but I'm believing it because seemingly the person delivering it is. And uh, I will say, well, I don't give two shits for Tracy. Plus, he's from Brooklyn. Fuck the Nets. Like, there's so he's one of those hipster dorks. Like, there's so much not to like about Tracy Williams. But his promos is not one of them. Promos are damn good. So yeah, I gave four. That's four compliments. That's four more than I've ever given on a podcast. I appreciate that. Um, is there anybody since you've been in the business for for such a long time? Anybody that you've chosen to maybe take under your wing, um, or you know, coach on the side? Somebody that no. you had a lot of respect for, or that you felt like there was a little bit of them, uh, you in them? No. I haven't liked a goddamn soul that I've met. I probably helped PJ Black a bit. 
but everyone says he helps me. But besides that, like, I was, I had to do that. And justify the means, right? No, I ain't helping True. nobody. So you would say there probably wasn't anybody who you worked with that might be even helped elevate your game. Well, I mean, stepping in the ring with the Briscoes at the time elevated my game because I was stepping up to another level. But, I mean, I belonged there for a long damn time. That was more just matter of fact. No, there. I, who elevated me? Me. I elevated me. Mecca elevated Mecca. Elevated me. So we're in 2022. It's early still, very early, the infancy of this uh, this calendar year. Is there anybody on your dartboard that you are absolutely got laser focused on that you definitely wanna wanna wrestle? Is there anybody? Is there like a top three list of people? Or is there anybody with one? a heartbeat where the payday is sufficient? Um. I know that guys make a list, right? That's the big thing now. Because that jackass with dyed hair and a stupid tattoo made one eight years ago. And everybody's kissing his ass. His was cool. Now, but it just copies them as less than. Um, so I just look at it that way. Like some, not the original one. The original one was cool. But everybody since has just been some way to kiss other guys' asses so they can try to wrestle them somewhere. Whereas, like, I'm not here to make friends with you. I don't want, oh, this guy in this promotion I never met to know that I think his work's great so we can have a splendid fucking doodah. No. I want to kick everybody's ass and make the most money and be the best wrestler ever. I don't know why else you would be here. If you're here to make fucking friends, then go play, you know, beer lead softball. I'm here to whoop ass i'm not here to shake your hands and take your photos after the show and then tweet about how awesome that drop kick fuck yourselves i i don't like you guys i don't like half of the guys i met at ring of honor if not all of them either and i'm sure as i go to more locker rooms my mouth like this because i tell people this they they're not going to care for me and i don't give a shit well everybody knows that you have untouchable mic skills but a lot of people don't want to give you credit for the in-ring skills you have, the conditioning you have, the toughness you have, the pure wrestling uh, ability you have. But you, you've been in the ring with Josh Woods. You've been in the ring with uh, Gresham. It, who do you think actually was able to take you the distance, to take you those uncharted waters and make you even better? after the match well i'd like to point out in the pure rules that came back i am one of uh the only guys to compete in the pure rules matches uh with multiple matches and never to be pinned or submitted just saying that is factual uh the referee called for stoppage in my match against josh woods i never said the words i quit i can't help that todd thinks that i have the same win that he does thus calling the match early um another bad ref call uh, but in a sense of somebody that pushed me, uh, I, I think an obvious answer is John Gresham, but it wasn't in the pure rules. Uh, someone that actually pushed me pretty hard that I don't think people realize how friggin' good I, I, I'll hand to whoever the hell's above me. I didn't expect him to be John Walters was freaking awesome. 
um, way better than I expected. I actually came in thinking like, man, this guy's been selling insurance for like the last 12 months. I thought I saw him on a Geico commercial once. And like, I thought he was going to be four steps behind. And I, I'll be honest, like I went out the night before I showed up an hour late for call time. I caught trouble that day because they called me unprofessional. And I was like, why should I be shaking in my boots to be smack around Jake from State Farm stunt double? And they were all fucking pissed off. But nonetheless, he brought it. Maybe he was pissed off. But John Walters pushed me for sure. Uh, John Walters. Let's talk a little bit about fan interaction. I know you touched upon that a little earlier on. You know, you, you're you're not there for pictures or or anyone to come up to you and and say, "Hey, can I get a selfie?" or "I liked your match." But have you had any interactions where people have tried to? And and what has your yeah. response been to these people? So um, I wrestle for a company known as MCW. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, they have not taken to my liking of rebranding it Mecca Championship Wrestling but I can't help that there are dumbasses everywhere in pro wrestling. Uh, nonetheless, MCW at the moment uh, is a company that I have uh, allowed the audience to pay money ahead of time to get my autograph. Uh, I make sure that two of the biggest security guards stand at my table. Uh, they keep a good distance from me. Uh, I will sign what I want to whom I want, no matter what your stinking name is. And if you ask for a pitch with me, uh, I made sure you don't touch me, and I never smile. Uh, I feel like that way I am still willing to take your money, because why the hell should, like, why the hell should Jack, like Quinn McKay, right? Everybody thinks she's so sweet with her bow tie. She's one of the biggest pains in the asses I've ever met in my life. But she gets to sell merchandise and take pictures because she likes to smile. But because I'm not comfortable being touched by some guy that probably hasn't washed his hands since his fourth bag of Cheetos earlier tonight. I'm sorry. I'm the bad guy. I don't think that's fair. So I will write them whatever poetic justice I feel they deserve on their 8 by 10 and sell them that way. But uh, I do my best to avoid them. Unfortunately, um, everybody was in the picture-taking mood at Ring of Honor. Uh, so... Uh, I guess I would describe me as unphotogenic when those things come up. Conveniently unphotogenic. Fair enough. Um, let's think about it, Mike. Let's say you go to the grocery store. Yes. I, uh, probably for you, fast food aisle, whatever. Um, <laughs> by the looks of it. And some jackass <laughs> comes walking down and he's got this T-shirt on that looks like it could be a shower curtain, but it's fitting him skin tight like an Under Armour shirt. It says Bullet Club, and it's got stupid fingers like this. His belly's hanging out underneath. His jeans don't fit him. He doesn't even tie his shoes. He's got those fat, puffy bands where you, like, just pull the strings because he's too damn lazy. And he goes, hey, <laughs> I love your podcast. Can I get a picture with you? And then takes his big, slimy, sweaty-ass arm. Like, just lifting it is an exercise and a half for him for the day. And he wants to <laughs> slap it on your shoulder and wants you to smile. How would you feel? Like, you know, I just want to buy some freaking rotisserie chicken and go home, pal. Leave me alone. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I, I wouldn't be down for that. that. Take that mental image. Because it's not like I'm getting, like, it's not like pro wrestling shows are held in the middle of, like, the Mall of America. And there's these supermodels having a gala next to us. And they're, fr by all means, if that was the case, no problem. But instead, I'm in Joppa, Maryland, and there's there's 15 people in the front row, and we ain't even hitting 37 teeth between them. And I'm supposed to be friendly when I touch them? 
So can, can I assume that you would not be on Cameo? Oh, no, actually, uh, get this shit. <laughs> hey, Cameo, I hope they're listening. You suck. Because uh, I don't know if you realize this guy. I might not be the most personable son of a bitch on the planet. Not a lot of people follow me. So when I subscribe to Cameo to try to get this job, I don't have enough followers to prove that I'm a celebrity. Isn't that some shit? Hey, Cameo. Go eat one. Get bent. People would go. pay damn good money to have me insult their family members. Trust me. You should see the shit that used to get DM'd to me during the ROH Twitter watch-along parties. People that are best friends in ROH. Whoa, whoa, the things they wanted me to say because they didn't have the balls to do it. Yeah, I would make billions. I'd put, I'd, Cameo would make, they'd have Cameo 2.0 just because of me. Those idiots are losing out on free money. Jackasses. But they put Danhausen on there clowns hey i might actually send you send you some money to sit there and send freeland a message or two wait a minute wait a minute the mecca has no problem with me Let, let's let's make that very clear at the moment you 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 started off real slow so you had a low bar to raise over <laughs> and uh low-hanging like fruit barely you barely tripped over it but good job i appreciate that um, yeah, i appreciate that you shaved your head and have a scraggly beard trying to look like me uh, sorry, you still fall under those uh, same people I talk about greeting me at the grocery store, though. I would stay far, far away from you. Hey, I appreciate it, though. Yeah, don't okay. be a shower. Don't be a shower curtain, Rit. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! Shower curtain. Look at you there, buddy. Hey, I t hey, I own it, my friend. Okay, I own it. I have, I have an underactive thyroid. We'll talk about it later. Let's talk about this, Mecca. Injuries play a big role in in wrestling. Obviously. Sometimes we find out, you know, things that you wouldn't even assume um, end up causing injuries, torn biceps or blown out knees or you name it. What are some of the biggest setbacks that you've occurred or have occurred with you in your career? And, you know, what is the litany of things that you've had done, whether it be surgeries or just broken bones? Kind of let us know because I, I know a lot of fans are interested in hearing all the injuries that, that wrestlers end up going through. Um. I've been lucky to be relatively healthy. Knock on wood, wherever the hell there is some. Um, I blew out my eardrum, my left eardrum, early on in my career. Like all three walls, just straight through. Uh, I had uh, full cornea um, trauma to my left eye, and now it's constantly dilated, so like pictures suck sometimes. Um, bumps, bruises, concussions, but I like major surgeries and injuries, I handle whatever jabronis above me thank them because i've been lucky i've been in some painful bumps and bruises but nothing that put me down for more than a few days them two are really the biggest the, the biggest two i probably had i think i had a i, I might have had a broken rib but i didn't diagnose it once but I've, you know what i mean like i didn't go to a doctor and then tell me your ribs broken don't move for six days and then charge me seven hundred dollars like i could have figured that out my own um so yeah they're the only two that are like diagnosed would you still say that there's an, uh, there's a general consensus in wrestling that if I'm injured and I take off literally any amount of time, that there is some serious question when I do come back, whether or not I'm still going to have the same push that I had before, or I may lose my spot or whatever was going on with me might get back burnered. Is that general consensus still believed right now? Or do you think that promotions have kind of moved past that and realized, oh, somebody's injured? But as soon as they're cleared, we're going to bring them right back into where they were before. So um, 
you would hear horror stories about that back in the day, right? Like guys lose their place and then they don't get replaced. And, and I think that um, carniness maybe of it is gone. Like I do think a, a promotion. Also, I think promotions learned that like uh, Triple H in 2002, the injury comeback pop is kind of crazy. Like it's almost like a self-built reaction that you don't need to build a story around. So if a star is big enough, whereas back in the day, maybe they were nervous to bring them back because there was less outlets of promotion because it was only the local TV. You know what I mean? Like it was different ways to promote yep. wrestling. So you couldn't promote a comeback the same way or create the same. Uh, it's a different world now. Um, wow. So I think that aspect of guys being uh, fearful of losing a spot is probably gone to an extent. Uh, but I think there's some real warriors out there that still like won't talk about injuries. Um, again, I, I can only talk about my experiences because they're mine. I can't speak about somebody else's. But uh, I was at Ring of Honor towards the back end of Dalton Castle's world title run. And that man literally broke his fucking back for us. And that doesn't get talked about enough. And he didn't bitch once, to my knowledge. I mean, I guess, he, you know, me and Dalton don't talk much. So why would he bitch to me? We don't share Christmas cards. Um, actually, like, could you imagine what a Christmas card from that jackass would probably weird? Uh, I mean, but nonetheless, just like an example of someone recently who legitimately broke his back and continued wrestling for as long as he could until, you know, the title eventually changed hands and he, you know, found time off. But, you know, I think there's a lot of heroes like him that go un untalked about nowadays, uh, which is kind of weird, but still impressive in the social media. Everybody talks days. Well, you've been in Ring of Honor. You've been in MCW. Uh, I seen you work uh, PPW. I think it was September or October over here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, what do you think makes a great locker room, you know, uh, gel together like the old ECW days? So um, I think diversity in a locker room is important. All different ways. Like that can be a hot button in ways, but I, I, I don't just mean from uh, sexual orientation or racial ways, although they are important to have that also. I'm not saying they're not. I mean it from uh, you need to have high flyers to powerhouses. Uh, styles make fights, guys. So have different styles. Uh, what brings a locker room together? Uh, not me, apparently. Uh, so uh, just based off my experiences in locker rooms that I've been in consistently, um, I don't seem to be the glue that holds everybody together. Unless that like common denominator, everybody not liking one person, I guess I fall under that and everybody rallies around my shit. But... Uh, in my last two long stays of MCW and ROH, I can tell you, uh, together is not a word I would have used to describe me and my coworkers. You know, with all the different promotions that are out there right now, and it seems like with the advent of IWTV, and we've talked about fight before on this show numerous times, the beauty of that is people can see matches from just about any promotion anywhere for the right subscription rate, or they go on YouTube and people have their cell phones out and they take, you know, videos or whatnot. How important, Sorry, bless you. How important do you feel like the advent of social media to where it is today has contributed um, to obviously the growth and the exposure of, of the Mecca? Do you feel like if this was, let's say 95 and you were where you are right now, 
Obviously, things might not be, um, I don't want to say it's popping, but social media does play a big role. Would you agree? Yeah, but can you also agree that social media also allows for a lot of people that I don't think belong to get shots that they don't deserve? Absolutely. Like, and I think it plays both folds. Um, I think I'm cut from a different cloth, for sure. Like, I, I know I'm not, you know, the guy of 2022. I'm not going to be on GQ and Time Magazine. Um, but the idea, like, the social media depicting people, like, yeah, it's been great because there's some guys that have gotten eyes on them that maybe couldn't have because they were in small markets and you can share a video and it can get right. Like, there's definitely good stories about it. There's also a bunch of stories of, like, guys that just get opportunities because you know they were an influencer for the seven years before this or like like i said like i so because i'm not personable like I, i'm not i'm not friggin you know uh leave it to beaver I, I, people don't talk about me more I, I almost think that uh that grit that little philly bit in me that like has kind of give me this blue collar edge this pissed off philly guy that i am uh i think i would have broke through in any era um, sometimes I wonder if I was born in the wrong era, like I would have did better 10, 15 years ago or 25, 30 years ago, um, because I don't play the social media game. And I think a lot of it is that like having to have an opinion on everything that happens in wrestling. I don't, I don't. And if I do, I don't want you to fucking know it. Like, I don't like you. I'll go tell the person that I want to talk to about it. it like, why do I need to put it in 140 characters and wait to see what, you know, Joe from Minnesota thinks, um, there's probably so many Joes in Minnesota that like think I'm talking about them directly. And I don't know any of them. They all probably suck. But I don't fuck know. them all, right? Yeah, fuck them all. Um, yeah, you know, I just, I think, yeah, it's important and it's great in certain ways. And the accessibility is great. But I also think that maybe the accessibility is half the problem because now it's given like, I think this is everywhere in the world. Sorry for this tangent. We have given everybody in the world so much information now. It's so quickly at your fingertips. Even if your fingertips are your size mites or a normal person's size, um, they're at your fingertips. The information's there. And people read this information, whether it's accurate or not, and assume it to be gold, right? And it's like, oh, I'm now intelligent to this product. You see in the NFL, like, how many jackasses say a coach should be fired because he didn't do this? And it's like, you read one article about what an A-gap is, and now you think you're a fucking defense alignment? Like, shut up. Uh, it's the same thing in pro wrestling. Now that all these podcasts have everybody coming out and flapping their gums about every backstage thing that's ever happened. Now you got fat Tony on his couch, you know, and his mom gives him a few dollars of inheritance and he thinks he can run shows and depict who's good or who's bad. And since he spent the first 20 years of his life doing YouTube reviews of toy soldiers, he somehow has 100,000 followers and now he's fucking booked on a show. That's asinine to me, but that's pro wrestling 101. Uh, now, obviously, if you had the talent, it'll come through, and it did for me, and it comes through in different ways. But I think in those other times, maybe I would have had a, um, I would have had a fight less rounds of the same boxing, if that made sense. I think no, in, it, in, in it, earlier years, it does, it does. I, I, I definitely get that feel from you, and it's very genuine too. It's not a put on where you get from certain wrestlers where it's like, okay, this is my shtick, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and it seems very contrived. With you, it seems like it is very much from the heart, and this is who I am. Take it or leave it. It's your call. I don't care either way. But I also agree with what you said earlier about likability has nothing to do with marketability. And marketability means money. Whether you like me or not has nothing to do. If there's an ass every 18 inches, you know, as Jim Ross would say, that is the absolute only thing that matters. Um, but no, I've enjoyed it. 
I've enjoyed it. Uh, very interesting. I would love to get a chance to do a part two with you as well because I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot more meat on the bone. If yeah, they, uh... Uh, I mean, hey, wait, don't you interrupt me. What? What are you doing? Um, I would enjoy to come back. Um, while I don't necessarily always enjoy podcasts or talking to people, I enjoy talking about professional wrestling. So uh, anytime you guys want to talk about it, um, I'm definitely interested. Absolutely. Well, you love talking professional wrestling. Time for me to ask the hottest question any podcast could ever ask you. We're going to go to the hot tub time machine. I don't know. I had nothing to do with this. You can go back in the time. There's no way. There's no way the two of you are sharing one hot tub for the record, size-wise. Just saying. Oh, man. <laughs> you can go back in the time to any wrestling match in history. You were going to take somebody out of a match, and you're in that match. Which match is it and why? I also have the diabetes, so just thought I would throw the thyroid uh, issue and the diabetes. Anyway. Yeah, that is something to do with retaining salt. You bloat when you're in water or something. Absolutely, right anyway. now. Um, if I had to replace somebody and take their spot in a match, any match you want in any error, um, I'm just trying to think of what side of the fence do I get to change the outcome? You win. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I guess it would be assumed I'd win. Right. Um, assuming the outcome changes, I would take Andre the giant out of WrestleMania three. Because uh, that payday was probably ridiculous. And then I'd smack the dog shit out of Hulk Hogan in front of 93,000 and have the biggest moment. That's the biggest match of all time, right? So I would just take that one. Because, like, that's my goal. You call it, like, real, right, Mike? And I appreciate that or genuine or passionate. Right? And, and I really do actually appreciate when people call it that and not um, cocky or hard-headed. Uh, you at least see that I'm not spewing random venom. This is very directed my where I'm focused. And that direction is one spot. And I want to be remembered forever in pro wrestling. I want to be a guy that when they come out with an encyclopedia, I'm on the cover. I want to be, am I going to end up as uh, decorated in the eyes of every single human being ever in pro wrestling? Maybe not, but I want to be on the list that when they talk about the best of the best, I'm on it. I want to be on that list. I want to be guys that, hey, remember this era? You couldn't miss the fucking mecca. His promos were untouchable. And I think 2021, I really put a mark on that. Uh, and it was the start of it. And uh, the fact that now that I got it rolling, it ain't going to stop. It's not going to stop. Well, the last thing, obviously, to throw out here would be, where can people buy your stuff to put money in your pocket? You have uh, some pro wrestling tees. You have some stuff where people can line those pockets. So bro, pro wrestling tees, I guess they just tried to steal everybody's information or something. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have any t-shirt. I'm sorry. That was a joke. I don't know what happened. I heard there was a security breach on the website, but I literally don't know. Maybe that was rude to pro wrestling tees. I, uh, I have a website with uh, whatamaneuver.com uh, is where you can find my t-shirts at the moment. Uh, at the moment when I actually tried to subscribe to what pro wrestling tees, they were down. So, uh, you know, get a better service, I guess. Um, where can people see you at coming up soon? If, uh, okay. you're going to be uh, in, so in the their neck of the woods, January, 
I'll be at On Point Wrestling the second week of uh, January. I'll be at uh, IWA uh, Vintage, which will, both of those shows are in New Jersey. Um, I'm at MCW at any show that they have. I know they have Celeb Fest in February, uh, a follow-up show in Hollywood, I believe, on the 6th. Uh, I'm so bad with dates off the top of my head. But if you go to my Twitter, uh, at BJO underscore Mecca, M-E-C-C-A, and my Instagram is the exact same, BJO underscore M-E-C-C-A, uh, I constantly have posts up uh, talking about opponents or bozos of the week, which both of you are prime candidates to be at any point in time. I wouldn't expect anything less, to be honest I'll, with you. I'm, I'm kind of hoping. Well, I'm I tell saying. you what, Mecca, you are uh, – a great great interview and there's so many more things that i'm sure we can go into the next time we have a sit down with you but in all seriousness i wish you absolutely all the best safest health injury free get out there hustle and make that money and i know you're going to do everything you said you're going to do and you know what here's to a great 2022 hey man pleasure is all you guys absolutely hey, thanks a lot man take care we'll talk to you soon all right, perfect. Man. See, here's the here's the deal. Here's the deal. Why do you have to set me up like that in the beginning? What is the deal with you? Well, okay, well, Freeland. This guy, this guy right now, I already have bruises on my body from just the way he looked at me. Do you understand? And a person like me, I'm fairly pudgy. Do you understand the fat bruises and it stays? I you seen Dusty Rhodes's side? Okay, that man could look at me and he'd give me a bunch of Dusty Rhodes spots. And you seem to not give three shits. What's it's just like? Oh, we'll throw them under the bus. Rah, rah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Freeland. This is the yep. first episode of 2022. I don't uh, give a shit uh, whether it's the hey, third, fourth, or fifth. I'm still thinking Freeland about last week when we gave out the awards, and I'm already trying to push candidates for the person that sit there and put you in your place the most. What? Right now, the Mecca is in the lead. For putting you uh, putting you in your place the most for 2022. Hold on a second. Let let let's just let's just back up and pause the DVR. Okay. First of all, he and I were fine until you were the one who said, "Hey, by the way, introduce the guest. Say this." Like I'm your fucking monkey or something like that. And you're like, "Hey, hey, jump!" First of all, I don't jump. Okay, I haven't ran since the Carter administration, so I I can't be your little puppet boy over here. But you're the one who set me up, so don't don't tell me that Mecca and I couldn't have gotten along well. Now, the pee-pee-poo-poo thing, I will I will take some heat for that. I just, you put them, the the choo-choo-poo-poo, I thought that was kind of funny. I thought, maybe not. Freeland, you'll learn one day. I will, you the set, hard way. I set him up. Get it? You, the hard way. You knock him out. Yep. It's been good. It's been good. Awesome. You guys, so please, by all means, follow uh, the Mecca on social media. He gave his Instagram information and his Facebook, or I'm sorry, his Twitter information. And uh, What a Maneuver uh, is going to have some shirts, so we'll make sure we keep you posted when those become available. Excuse me, buy his merchandise. And for you, I was looking at our guests for this month, right? Yeah. It's almost like we're doing a whole Ring of Honor, you know, month. Ring of Honor is is pretty damn amazing, and and it in it, it, it's it's a twofold situation. It absolutely sucks that they're on hiatus right now. It does because I want those guys and girls to be able to make that money and continue doing what they do so well. However, on the flip side, on a very selfish standpoint, it's great because we get a chance. 
before everything goes back for them to at least get to sit down and share just a little bit of time with them and we get to talk to them. So I think it's one of those six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Exactly. But Freeland, top of the hour. Let's sit there and uh, let's take a little, take a little break. And well, when we come back, let's head up the panel. We are. I'll take my insulin and uh, check my thyroid. And when we come back, it's panel time. We've got questions that you wouldn't believe. We're going to talk about Tony Khan, Leo Rush, CM Punk. What's going on with the Big E situation? Fox made a big boo-boo when it came to day one and so many other things. Our panel is going to handle all our six-pack of questions and maybe a little bit more. Don't go anywhere. This is your Tuesday night on Front Row Material. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. God. 
My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined by my good longtime personal friend. His name is The Ret. Wow, just taking a deep breath here. I got my uh got my water over here. This is a good interview, a really good interview with the Mecca. So once again, if you guys uh didn't get a chance to catch the interview with the Mecca, obviously it uh will be uploaded on our YouTube page, and you guys can go check out all of our YouTube exclusive interviews that we have here. Uh, where can they go and read them? The URL, writ because I, I tell you, this might be one of my favorite parts of the night. Well, guys, if you want to go sit there and sign up for our YouTube channel, just go ahead on over to YouTube.com and search Front Row Material. You hit, son of a bitch. You you hit, literally cop out on this hit, one. Hit that follow button. Oh, shit. Man, because once we hit that 100 followers, I'm giving away my autographed Sabu book. Search for Hey, shit. now, hey, I've been sending out left and right contests on Twitter. I've been, I've been giving away free t-shirts for just doing random things. Comment on all of our videos. Hit hit a follow. It, it it's it's very very simple stuff. It is. <laughs> I just keep going. I'm just gonna sit here. Hey hey, forget you, that. I'm, you sound I, I got you sound contest. like Billy Mays. You sound like it's so easy. It's the Sham Wow. Hey hey, you spill something, get the Sham Wow. Okay. I've I've got a contest going right now. All you have to do is. Head on over to brainbustertees.com forward slash other forward slash front dash road dash material. And hey, buy some merchandise from us. Once Get again, it. give give them that email give them that address for the tees. Brainbustertees.com forward slash other forward slash front dash road dash material forward slash. Hey, we've got all your front row material brand. We've got Cult of Beardo. We've got FRM Pod. Uh, future stars now. Six degrees of written renegade. The contest is send me a copy or a screenshot oh, of God. your receipt, and I'm sending you a free T-shirt. Yeah, re- receipt of what? Of a purchase from BrainBusterTees.com forward slash other forward slash front dash road <laughs> dash material forward slash. Hold on a second. If you if they're taking a picture of the receipt, they already bought the damn thing. No, no. So it's they, already coming to them. They bought a an item. It could be a hoodie. It could be a zipper up. It could be a beanie. A zipper up. A yeah. zipper up. A zip up hoodie. It could be a it could be a beanie. And I'm sending you a free T-shirt of so, front front row material written Freeland. All right, that's fine. So if you buy something from Brainbuster tees, which could be anything from a, a polo to a hoodie to a beanie to we have earmuffs on there. What, no, what else do we have on the thing? We've got stickers. You we, go buy. You go no, buy a. No, you go no. buy a three dollar. Not doing a promo about stickers. You buy a three dollar sticker and send me the screenshot, and you're going to get. You're a 20, sending them a twenty dollar t shirt, twenty dollar freaking hoodie. We've lost. We we we've lost the. This is not financially. Who's in charge of this? WCW. You buy a three dollar sticker, we send you a twenty dollar shirt. Oh god, the Ritz behind this, folks. So, so please, by all means. Hey, hey, speaking of craziness, Freeland, did buy you get a pack to, of gum? Did you get to see what uh what I what I got to post? Did you see my my 
completion of Series 7? I've got Yeah, I did know. Well, here's how I saw it. I saw it in our our show's group chat how you completely flaunted yourself. You hoard yourself out to the chat. Look what I got. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I I, I went and I got FTR I and not and Nyla Rose completed Series 7. Then I also got Luchasaurus. They completed nice. that completed series five. Do you have the Marco stunt yet? No, I don't have Marco stunt. I'm waiting. For, I'm, I can't wait for the uh, Dark Order series to come out. Nice. I, I want to get. I, I want to get a Peter Avalon. I just want a Peter. But anyways, man, I can't believe that you have one figure that I do not have, and I need it to complete my collection. Well, you can uh, buy you can buy that anywhere. It's not well, like well, yeah, but I can buy it off you too. Name your price. Everybody's got a price. You literally could buy that for whatever you would buy it at a store. Is your your gimmick is not I? I only buy what I find in stores. You buy stuff offline, so literally you don't even have to go anywhere. Like the whole concept of figure hunting is that you go to these stores with the hopes you'll find something, but you're just sitting there. On your phone, and oh, I got the whole series. Hey, like, I there, there's the hunt, right? Uh, I can't wait, Freeland. In a week and a half, when I go to PPW, PPW, I'm getting me a Lance Archer, uh, my Lance Archer figure autographed. I bet he's you gonna will. be, he's gonna be there. I bet you will. Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. Heath Slater, Bob Backlund, they're all gonna be there. Yep, yeah, and you're gonna be there too, aren't you? Yes, I am. And so, well, I was gonna say, and so are you, but never mind. I'll never, I'll never be, I'll never be at one. So I live too far away. That's just the way it is. But, uh, hello, hello. Mike Cook, man. I heard, I heard the, I heard the news. Get well, take care of yourself and brother. Stay fresh. It's panel time. You all, you have, you have a comment for everything, don't you? You have a comment for everything. I try to. Forward slash backslash forward slash brain buster colon exclamation point tease. You buy a shirt, I'll I'll pay for your kid's college. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, hey, I don't care. We sit there and we're selling merchandise. I might go in the hole doing it, but Travis Bohab, what is going on, my man? Good to see you in the chat. Thank you so much. ECW fan, good to see you as well. MWO for life, good to see you as well. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much for uh, for spending part of your Tuesday oh, night man. with us. Guess who was in the chat last night on Six Degrees of Re- and Renegade? Uh, who was in the chat? Did they, this person say anything? Like, yeah, Whipwreck. Whipwreck. Oh, he was in the chat. What did he have to say? said we're doing a great job. We're, nice. we're, we're, we're talking great title runs. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, this Thursday, 8 o'clock on Call to Beardo. Uh, we're going to be discussing the career of uh, Nancy Sullivan, Nancy Benoit, a.k.a. Woman, oh woman, won't you marry me now? Woman was a very attractive individual. I will say yeah. that. She, and she was very underrated valet also. Yeah, at ballet? Valet. She, oh. wasn't, she wasn't afraid to get involved. So then on, uh, on, that one. on uh, Friday, Future Stars Now. We've got great indie talent, Vinny Pacifico. Oh, Vinny Pacifico. That is going to be a big deal ski. Uh, Vinny is awesome, dude. 
And I uh, can't wait. We get a chance to sit down and talk with him. That's going to be a great one. You're going to have to tune in Friday night to find and, out and, what's going on. I've got to sit there and say, I was talking to uh, to Liam. Last so, week's uh, last week's podcast, last week's week was big over on our YouTube channel. It, it was. It was huge. And Angelina Love on fire. Her debut uh, drop on our YouTube channel. She was. Fox Vineyard also they are going head to head fighting each other out for that top spot fighting baby fighting 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 but speaking like of it. fighting let's, let's sit there let's bring in some panel members let's bring them in you want to do the introductions I'll let you do it go, go ahead brainbuster t-boy go ahead and introduce them we're gonna bring in the man from Canada East he is the man that has the temperature co- control on the wall. I would love to hear what he thought and what zone the Mecca was in. Mr. Butt. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Not oh bad. But let's, let's take it to the butt. Where was the Mecca at on, his, on the interview with Mike Freeland? Well, from what I've seen, he was a little excited for a bit, but then he got mean, and it was fantastic. Anybody who's mean to Freeland has a special place in my heart. What? This is horseshit. This is some not- genuine horseshit. Oh, my. You guys can all go to the field and sit on it. My God. And speaking of sitting on it in the field... Yeah. Yeah, it's there, Twinkle Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. Here he is. Bring him on. Here in. he is. Dick B. Swelling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Why? Oh. You can get you can get pills for that. Well, for an erection, yeah, I know. I don't need them though. <clears throat> so, hey, you're the host. Come on, let's go. No, hey, I was letting the Rit talk, and all of a sudden he just drops his eyes again. Are you like, <laughs> Falling asleep well, on me here? He's on his hey. phone. What do you think? Come on. No. Oh, my gosh. Hey, All hey. right. Well, yes. When the guests thank you, you got to sit there and appreciate and tell them how great they were. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Dick, be swelling. Uh, tell me what's going on with you. What's new? How's life been treating you in the last week? Uh, I don't know. Same as usual, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Fuck, I'm I'm not the host. I I, I don't have the I'm, banter going. I'm I'm not saying. I was just wanting to know if you would, you know, throw something out there. Has anything happened to you? Is there anything new? Is there anything that you would like to share with the world? Um, I've gotten less sleep than usual. Uh, I don't care for my job. I might just quit. Uh, oh wow. Um, you know, uh. Holidays are a bust. Um, We're in lockdown. I don't know. Again you know. Tomorrow. Don't huh? that. We're in lockdown again tomorrow. We're in lockdown, so that's great. Yeah. Yep. Are you guys supposed to get any inclement weather at all? Are you guys going to get anything uh, snow or anything like that, or no? Uh, it's supposed to be bad tomorrow. Apparently, it's it's not too bad right now, but it's supposed to get to like minus seven Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, and. Uh, it's supposed to be like bad winds and stuff. Oh, it's gonna be great. It was a uh, Monday 
So yesterday it was minus 27 Celsius or so it's like minus 18 Fahrenheit or something. Yeah, something along those lines. That's yeah, crazy. I, and I thought it was freaking cold this morning when I woke up and it was 18 degrees. Yeah. I mean, that, hold on. That that is cold. No well, yeah, but, but then all of a sudden you switch it and go minus 18. Good lord. That's right. No, give me give me the rip, good lord. Give me the one you always give me. Good lord. Good lord, that's a lot of money. Oh my god. All right. With that being said, um, obviously we don't have Moondog with us, and we don't have um, one of our fine, fine friends on the panel. Uh, not here is obviously Anton. So sending love and thoughts to him as well. Hopefully um, things are getting a little better. So just send some love his way on social media as well. Um, Indeed. Let's go ahead and let's kind of jump into this here because there's so many things I want to talk about. So the first topic is... We knew a few weeks ago, Kata had made some comments about who he wanted to wrestle um, before their active careers were over. And we obviously heard that he wanted to wrestle CM Punk. He also wanted to wrestle Brian Danielson. And now CM Punk actually had responded to that. It was really interesting. He, uh, he gave an address out and he used the Shawshank Redemption uh, gif. So let's just play hypotheticals here. I mean, maybe it's not even hypothetical at this point. It sounds like it's pretty much going to happen. Do you feel like we're going to see Okada either in Imagine AEW, or do you feel like maybe D Brian Danielson and CM Punk may go over to do a New Japan type of situation? Either way, do you think these paths cross? Let's start, first throw it to uh, the butt. Who's Okada? Oh. I've never heard of him. I don't follow Japanese wrestling. You know that. Is he a right, big yeah. deal? What's what's? He's huge. Sorry, I'm not being a dick about it. No, I, I know. No, no, he's huge. He's right. he's one of the legit best wrestlers in the world right now. So he's like right up there with Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega is like maybe, jobber maybe status. He's behind. like legend status. Oh wow, yeah. that's no. Hold on. Even put your your hatred for Kenny Omega aside for a second. He is why. Genuinely, Kenny is legitimately a legend in Japanese wrestling. No, there's no question about that. From a legend in Japanese wrestling? To, yes. No. Are you con is, like considering you're considering foreign wrestlers, or are you just saying all time? I'm saying those who've competed in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is a legend in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's like saying uh, Brock Lesnar is a legend there too. You know, like I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. IWGP but... Heavyweight Champion. So is Kurt Angle. He's been IWGP uh -huh. Heavyweight Champion, and he's, I would say, he's a legend. So is Bob well. Sapp, and he was terrible. So there you go. I, I... Popular, yeah, yeah. So let let's let me yeah, ask you, um, you... you with Okada. I mean, I know very little about him. Uh, if he's a big deal over in Japan uh, with New Japan, I believe you guys just said. There's got to be some something to it. There's meat on the bone for sure. Uh, people will tune in for it, I, I guess. I I don't care one way or the other personally because I just don't know anything about them. Uh, but, I mean, if there's something like, like Punk's pretty good wrestler, uh, Daniel Bryan's pretty good. So I, I assume there's something to it. So why not give it a ride? Why not? These are matches we wouldn't have seen before. Exactly. And, and I think that just that in itself 
makes things interesting because we haven't seen these before. And I think when you get to the point where wrestlers are starting to hit the 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 twilight, you know, they're on the the back nine of their wrestling careers to get a chance to squeeze out one or two of these types of matches are huge. I mean, obviously, you know, a Kenny Omega Chris Jericho one was was great. I thought that was great. And to be able to to get some of these matches that people genuinely want to see is awesome. So putting those differences aside, let me ask you, Liam, do you think we'll see Okada show up in AEW? Um, I would, I bet against that and think that uh, it would be Punker Danielson going to New Japan. Uh, Okada, like, it's kind of like I was saying, he's, he's, uh, he's approaching legendary status now. Um, he was like, I think number one, like in the PWI 500, like two years ago or something, he's, he's a fantastic wrestler and he did give Omega his best matches. Mm-hmm. They had a, a great run of matches. I'm not taking anything away from Omega in that. Uh, you have chemistry with someone, you have chemistry. That's it. But um, I think the more likely scenario, though, is that he goes to, like, he stays in New Japan, has one of those two guys come over, and it would make more sense in a way. Like, obviously, COVID aside, but it would make more sense. And um, I think the way the AEW books, if they had him, like, like they did with Kenta, it was like... Kenta's a big deal, and they had him show up, and he didn't really do too much. He was on Dynamite a couple of times or something, and nothing really came of it. And that's that was a missed opportunity. So, um, kind of like the you know their thing with Impact, it was kind of a missed opportunity. Um, so I mean, yeah, I but the fact that those two could have matches in New Japan, like Danielson and Punk against Okada, jeez. Like that, the only thing that would beat it for me would be AJ Styles against Okada. I don't think they ever won against each other, but um, Styles won against like Nakamura and New Japan, and I haven't seen it, but apparently that was just off the charts. But yeah, I think there's, man, there'd be a dream match for a lot of people to see either of those guys go against Okada, big time. He's that big of a deal. Honestly, he is. Like, I'm yes. not joking around. I, I don't know. No, he, he legit is. You can you can ask anybody that knows anything remotely about Japanese wrestling. He's huge. He's old. Uh he's in his mid thirties, I think. But he had the uh, IWGP title for about two or three years straight. At one point, uh, defended on multiple big stages, Wrestle Kingdom, all that, and uh, yeah, he. He had like a forgettable role in TNA when he was just coming up, and then he went back to New Japan and just went on this tear. And he's uh, he's not super flashy, so I don't know if he'd fit in with a lot of you know the AW stuff. But he is absolutely he's a machine. He's excellent. I think you could still get the um, oh I'm trying to think of it the uh, the network is it is it like New Japan World? Oh, New Japan World, yeah you can buy their network and I think like a subscription like WWE network. And I think it's like yeah. 10 bucks. So yeah. if you're ever interested and you have 10 bucks a month, you just want to throw at something like that. You can watch a boatload of matches, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. Do you also have access to all the, the pay, the live pay-per-views as well? If you subscribe I believe to that? so. Yeah. I think, I think so that's how you could it. watch Russell. I think, yeah, you can watch Russell Kingdom and all the other ones live as they happen. So yeah, it's worth it. 
And if you don't happen to have that, I believe you can also see Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion. And um, is there another paper we called Don Talk? Um, Don Taku, yeah. Yeah, you can yep. see those through Fight as well. So I believe so, I think, yeah. So it looks like there's a couple of options if you're ever interested. But yeah, I, I do think, agreeing with Liam, it would be great uh, to see somebody like that get a chance to wrestle guys that they haven't had a chance to share a ring with. And it would be one of those once-in-a-lifetime, no pun intended, uh, type of situations that I think wrestling fans would, would belly up to the bar and spend some good money to see. And I think the pay-per-view buy rates would be ridiculous because oh, yeah. it, it's it's bigger than just WWE. I mean, it's it's across the world because Punk was in all of the organizations. Danielson was in all the organizations. And it's like, it, it's a clashing of two different worlds that haven't had a chance to happen yet. So I think it would be really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, leave your comments in the chat as well if you would like to see either Brian Danielson or CM Punk or both. Uh, go ahead and take on Okada um, and let us know, do you think it should happen in an AEW ring or do you think it should happen in a New Japan ring? So it's our first one. Next thing I want to get into, because I thought this was really interesting. So in the next match, the rematch between uh, Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page, they're going to have judges. Now, obviously, the reason for this is because if it goes to a time limit draw, whether it's 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it may be, or there is some type of odd finish, they're going to throw it to the judges. Well, I thought, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this because I'm a homer, but I thought it would be people like either Jerry or it would be people in the back. Do you know what I mean? Like Dean Malenko or Arn Anderson or uh, Dustin or whatever. You have like the AEW brass the contingent the people in the back we just found out platinum max caster is actually going to be one of the judges so at this point in time not really having a whole lot of confidence in this whole judge aspect of it uh but i know you're a huge fan of platinum Matt cast matt caster uh so tell me have you ordered uh your merchandise your I would rather jerk off with a handful of sandpaper than listen to anything he has to say or anything he does. Kinky. Have you ever have you ever uh, hand manipulated yourself with sandpaper before, bud? There was this one time. Hey, you know it, what? It involved a bottle of cheap whiskey, and I made bad decisions. Hey, got to live, right? Got to live. Can't knock it till you try it, right? Yeah. Is that really who they're having to do the, the judging? Max well, Kyle. he's just one. I believe there's going to be like four or five judges. Don't quote me on that, but I think four or five. Yeah, he's definitely one of them because he went on social media and and uh, admitted that he is going to be one of them. So, why? I, I mean, of all the people that you could pick, I don't know why you would pick him. I'm not really sure the thought process behind that. Is he um, going to come out and wrap his his uh, decision something dumb? I mean, would surprise me. That's his. That's his gimmick. No, I. It's a well-known fact. I'm not a big fan of him. Just oh, stop he, trying to hide it. You know you like no, him. No. The acclaimed, and they do that weird scissor thing with their fingers. Yeah, last which... time I watched a scissor thing, my wife yelled at me. <laughs> Is that supposed to be like a like a, a euphemism or something like that when they do that? Is that supposed uh, to? Mean something when they they it's do supposed this. to get them off. 
Freeland. It's supposed to get them off. No, I'm not saying when when they scissor. I'm it, saying when the Acclaim does their the Acclaim. logo. Paul gets them off too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I don't We're never going to get to the bottom of this. Jesus fucking beans. No. All right, nobody, so nobody cares. It's Mac Castro. Let, let, let's let's change gears here and let me ask you this: Do you think that the um and we've talked about this before? Do you think the Hangman Adam Page first title run is going to be a fairly short one? And um, you, you mentioned this before in a previous episode. Do you think Brian Danielson a fifty fifty shot? They put the belt on him on Wednesday night, or do you think no? They keep having Hangman escape. What's your thoughts, Bud? Hangman retains. You don't put it on on um, Daniel Bryant right now. I, I don't think you do anyhow. And even if you do put it on him, it's a very short term just to add another feather to his hat. He's not a guy that you're going to put your belt on and stick behind. I don't think. Twinkle, what do you think? Twinkle. Uh, firstly, I don't know if the mask caster thing is just like a, a joke. Because, you know, he sent a tweet out, and I'm, I'm looking at it going like, oh, yeah, right, okay, you're a judge, whatever. I, I don't think he probably is, but, you know. Uh, and as far as the whole judging thing goes, uh, I just had to say that, you know, that's it's, it's all a recipe for disaster. It's not going to end well. Uh, if you do the judge thing, it usually ends up where there's three judges, one goes for the one wrestler, one goes for the other, there's a tiebreaker. And it's the same every time. And if they do go to a tiebreaker, everybody's going to shit on it. It's a lose-lose. Not a good idea. That's just my opinion. Do you think um, the title changes? Uh, you know, I I really don't know anymore. Um, I, I keep thinking I kind of have it figured out. And Tony Khan's booking's all over the map. So just when I think I kind of have it figured out where he's going, he'll go somewhere else. And that can be good in a way, but it can also be frustrating for the fans because they think they might have an idea where it's going, and it doesn't, and a lot of them might be upset about that. Like, I think a lot of people probably wanted Brian Danielson to win the title last go. And, uh, you know, as far as Heyman goes, there's a lot of people that are saying they're not as jazzed now that he's won the title. He's more of a, like I was saying before, like a dusty character, where it's like it's about the chase. And then when you get that title, it's like, oh, let's celebrate. That's great. And then he's got the title. And it's like, oh, okay, now what? Oh, put it back on Flair. You know, that kind of deal. So it's like, it could just be that it was so long of a wait for people. And it was so much bullshit with him that it, you know, when he finally did get it, it's like, okay, yeah, great. Now what? Uh, so I think the second run he has, if he does get one, would be a lot better. Just because... There was so much anticipation with this one. I think Brian Danielson doesn't need the title. He doesn't need any title because he's he's already a living legend. So he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't need it. But would it help the company out if he took the title and was able to say, uh, you know, I was a world champion in both promotions like Jericho? Yeah, that'd be great. And like Moxley too, you know. But, uh, I mean, it's a matter of whether he needs it or not, and I don't think he does. I think personally what would be kind of cool is if if Brian Danielson did win the title and maybe it was kind of, I don't want to say under sketchy conditions, but then he was the champion until Kenny came back, which Ugh. would probably be May or whatnot, and then obviously have the, the Kenny-Brian Danielson rematch right there. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a possibility. Uh, they they did have a good match. Like if he's if Omega's paired with the right person, he can have a really good match. But I I've seen him do some complete bullshit too, and just look kind of lost in the ring as well. I know you're gonna scoff at me for that, but that's just what I. Hey, see. whoa, 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 whoa! You're all already making assumptions on what I will say. Cause you're cause you're his here. number one fan. That's why. I am. I am just somebody. I'm an objective podcaster. I sit here. I no. listen to my panel. Oh, I yeah. inject myself. I'm just the moderator at this point. You guys are the ones that are talking. Oh yeah, that's what I get that's every week. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's yeah. a bunch of crap. Just saying. Give it that's to him. How I feel. I'm have it. All right, so let's go ahead and let's let's talk about this. Uh, hopefully, I can say these things, and it's not a spoiler to anyone that you're still waiting to watch something like this. But uh, Wrestle Kingdom Night One, we had some title changes. Um, I thought it was really really interesting to find out that people were staying up ridiculously late. I mean, ridiculously late uh, to watch Night One, and there was actually people who were streaming on Twitch. Uh, they were doing shows live as it was happening giving their responses do you think uh do you think this is a big big thing it, like worth staying up in the middle of the night when you got to go to work the next day or do you think and eh, not really i think it used to be but these days it doesn't seem to have the same cachet as it did uh the landscapes changed with aw uh and all that and I don't know. I, I was I watched it about two years in a row when I was really getting back into the product, and uh, you know got to see Okada Omega and all that, and the rise of Naito and all that, and there was some great stuff. Uh, and it seemed like a lot of people then were like, they couldn't wait. It was like I, I saw someone on Twitter today say it was like Christmas Day for them. It's like oh I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, and that's their present. They open their present as Wrestle Kingdom, and it's like oh my god, this is great. But ever since the pandemic, and the fans there, they they're not allowed to cheer because the, it's because it spreads COVID, quote unquote. So that's one of the main things you have in Japanese wrestling is the fans. They're very quiet at first, but when it builds to that crescendo and it and it, get, it keeps going and going and going. The fans are just nuts, and they're screaming their heads off. When you don't have that, it makes for a kind of a dull atmosphere, and it doesn't add as much to the product. It's like WWE when they put their, when they kept the whole COVID thing, where they keep filtering in fan noise that's not there, and I can't watch it because of that because I don't know who's actually getting cheered and who's getting booed. Right. But with with New Japan, it's like they're not adding anything there. It's just the fans just sitting on their hands most of the time, and they're appreciating everything. But it's like. You know, but I I realized it was coming up, and I just thought mm, I don't really care so much anymore. And that's that's doesn't mean that they don't have the talent or anything. It's just I don't know. It's like if I can't see the product the way it's fully intended to be, I don't know if I really want to watch it. And that's a fair that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, this is an article written by Matthew Carlins. I hope I pronounced that right from Wrestling Inc. So Matthew Carlins from Wrestling Inc. This is where we got. My information from here, so Tuesday night's main event saw Okada win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Um, he dethroned, and I'm going to say this, and I hope I say it right, Shingo Takagi. Did I say that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So that was obviously a big deal, uh, and the match was over 30 minutes. 
So obviously the the audience got a pretty good showing from the two of them. Now, Okada's going to defend the championship against Will Ospreay in the main event of night two, um, which is going to be on Wednesday night. And then obviously Wrestle Kingdom not only has two nights, but it's going to be three nights. And uh, night three, I believe, is going to be this upcoming Saturday night. So obviously Tuesday, uh, I'm sorry, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. They're going to space them out a little bit. Uh, but something that was very interesting that also happened on this show, and I'm going over my notes here, is the IWGP Tag Team Championships also changed as well. Um, don't even expect me to get these correct. But uh, Goto and Hashi won the titles from... Yoshihashi. Yeah. Yoshihashi uh, from Jack Sabre Jr. Zach. Zach Sabre there you go. Jr. Uh, and his tag team partner, which I'm not even going to be able to pronounce. Correctly. Oh, is it uh, Kanemura? No, it's Tai Chi. Oh, Tai Chi. Yeah, he's he's the shits. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what happened right there. So and the only successful cool. non-title defense, or I'm sorry, the successful title defense um, was El Desperado. So uh, cool. with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So anyway. That is what happened so far on Wrestle Kingdom. I know neither one of you guys have the New Japan world, but would you spend the money to have something like that, or do you feel like, eh, it's good every once in a while, but I don't think I'm going to consistently spend for something like that? Ten bucks a month, I don't care. Uh, it, for me, it's a time thing. Like I, sure. Oh, I don't have any of it. I don't have enough time now as it is. I don't see me spending... $10. I hardly watch the WWE network. I might right. watch that once a month as it is now. That, that'd be my big thing. I, I don't know enough about New Japan. I know nothing about New Japan. So if I were to do it, I'd need somebody like Liam to say, hey, check out this event or, or I'd Google it too, but it's better to get the advice from somebody you know even if you don't like them. Get their opinion and it just helps. You're terrible. You're absolutely terrible, I swear. Unbelievable. It's a little yeah. dig there, wasn't it? Good God. Just set yep. your furry ass down. Goodness gracious. I am sitting down. Let's go on to our next topic. Sit down further, God damn it. Uh, Andrade uh, teases an oh. alliance with Ric Flair coming to AEW. Uh, very interesting. I... Um, I've gone on record saying I'm not a fan of Ric Flair in general. Um, I do not think that he needs to be around. I don't think he brings any value to Andrade as was a that pair. Before, was that before everything or after? No, I, before I, I don't okay. want Ric Flair. Okay. There, I don't think there's anything that that 75-year-old man has to bring to the table. I don't think there is okay. anything. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts as well on this. Do you think, but, that... Andrade needs to wheel out a decrepit 75-year-old man who has difficulty walking at this point. Flair's a good mouthpiece. I like Ric Flair. Uh, I don't want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him in the ring. I don't want to see him taking bumps. Now, if he's going to be a, a manager mouthpiece, I'm all for it. He can still talk. There's no doubt about that. He might be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But he can still talk. He will entertain you. 
just nothing in the ring. No bumps. No, I don't want to see him blading. Nothing. Just talk, do the styling and profiling gimmick. I'll watch that. Anything more? No. Is it necessary? Nah, probably not. But, I mean, it's it's his father-in-law. And, you know, Flair historically has money issues. So maybe that's what it is again. And Money issues. Help him out. Who knows? Among a lot of other things. We'll leave it at that. Um, he doesn't have a tail, though. Hey, I'd rather have a tail than have half of those issues. No, I agree. I mean, he's got problems. Yes. Liam Savage, <laughs> what's your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, Sting, he seconds... Darby Allen. So, for on the flip side of this, I could easily people see say, "Well, well, Sting's out there, and he's in his sixties, and yeah, Sting can wrestle, and yeah. Sting can talk, and Sting has a presence. Ric Flair does not. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I I feel like it's in a money grab for him. This is what Andrade tweeted uh, tweeted out: "Hello, kid at Darby Allen. Nice to meet you, sir at Sting. Remember." I have many friends in the business, but just one father-in-law. Hashtag the man. Hashtag El Idolo. At Ric Flair Nature Boy. And it shows a picture of them shaking hands. So It could be a, it could be a lot about nothing, though. It can just be like a... God, I hope so. A, well, it could be like a red herring. It's like, you know, he doesn't, doesn't mean he necessarily has to have him come in. It could just be like, hey, I don't need to bring this guy in because I already know I have the... One of the... The biggest legends of all time as my father-in-law and you've got sting who's not him so there you go so fuck you kind of deal it, it could just mean that sure <laughs> if he does bring it in flair it's like my god like just just keep piling them in there guys like holy shit like it's it's okay i guess for a one-off or something but um the amount of backlash you'll get from the snowflake fans is just going to be fucking ridiculous well let's keep one thing in mind here is for as many people who, who do not like hulk hogan for one thing, I will tell you, if you've watched interviews on high spots and you've watched kayfabe commentaries and you've read different books uh, in wrestling, Ric Flair has said some horrible and done some horrible things and made references to people in the 70s and 80s. I, I mean, very inappropriate comments that if it had been caught or overheard and recorded and replayed back in today's standards, he'd be decimated. So I, 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 so I can't speak to it. Else. No, I'm just, yeah. Like, like people throw shade at Hulk Hogan for saying stuff. And, and I don't necessarily think well, that that's okay. necessarily something people should continue to boo him. I mean, let I, it I can't, past. I can't speak to Ric Flair's like to what he said. Like I've, I've only heard like certain things uh, in shoot hey. interviews and all that. Teddy Long has come up and said multiple times that Ric Flair has made some uh, very offensive comments. Um, yeah, and and then and if that's a race thing, he's also worked with with a lot of other black wrestlers that never had a problem with him and think the world of him. So it's it's all it's all he said, she said. I don't take I I take two sides. So no, I I just think they I'm, yeah just stop the piling on of Hogan because right. at this point in time, let it go. Okay, I mean the the difference is. Um, <laughs> Flair and Hogan, they're both noted liars. One lies more than the other. I think we can guess who that is. Sure. Cons considering Hogan changes his story on everything he says every time he says it. Right. Uh, but, you know, Flair... 
Flair is just, you know, he he's Flair. That's all you can say. Like, he's, I, I can't um, say one way or the other where, whether I hate the guy or love the guy or anything. I like him. And he's entertained me since I was a kid. But, you know, to say that he shouldn't be in the spotlight anymore, I mean, why not, you know? Buddy Rogers was until the day, until, like, a couple of months before he died. I mean, in, so, and he was in his 70s, right? I mean, uh, Bob Backlund's still out there doing appearances and stuff like that. He was in WWE up until, like, about a few years ago. There's certain people that are out there that, you know, it, it, it's good to remember these people. Now, everybody's going to remember Flair. It doesn't mean he has to be in the spotlight right now. Everybody knows who he is. His legend will live on forever. We all know this. Same with Hogan. Same with, like, Steamboat, Funk, all of them. Right? But it's a matter of whether the person is saying anything valuable. Now, I listened to his podcast, and... With Mark Madden? Yeah. It's, it's entertaining. Um, if you can get past his, his like, you know, where he's shocking like this, like the whole time, it's like, wow, it's really kind of, kind of crazy to hear how the dip has affected him, but you know, it is what it is, but, um, why it, he would dip is beyond my understanding. Yeah, oh, he dipped for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah I, but your your voice isn't like his now. Yeah, you, you dip long enough, it's going to catch up with you. It's just like if yeah. you smoke cigarettes too long, it's going to catch up to you. He was smoking too, I think, at one point. Oh, I talking about how. I have no doubt yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, he was talking about how he'd, he'd have a smoke after the match or something, which I don't know how he does considering we keep his wind for so long in the in the ring, which just blows my mind, but he's just different. But it's flair. I mean... I think at this point we just kind of have to go like, yeah, it's Flair, okay, He's whatever. An enigma, right? Yeah, yeah. He is who he is. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll we'll find out whether or not th there's any uh, any truth to any of this, and if there is, so be it. If not, so be it as well. I think it's just some ways to keep his name floating around. But I, I don't personally think Andrade needs uh, a mouthpiece or anyone to come out with him, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be something that is. Uh, promoted and, and brought up. Just my opinion. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. So many different things to talk about. Um, give me a second. Having a tech issue here over on my side. When aren't you? Always. Yeah. If I'm not a complete spaz, I'm a complete fuck up. Let's just be honest. That's true. Um, there was proof that Big E was supposed to win the title or supposed to retain the title, obviously, at WWE's first pay-per-view, or what they're now calling premium live event. They are no longer going to use the word pay-per-view. It's premium live event. And uh, I sent you guys that picture before about the image. Did you guys see the image? Evidently, Fox uh, went ahead and tweeted, then very quickly took the tweet down, because yeah. it showed the spoilers of who was going to win which match. And, um, yeah, I think it definitely stole a lot of gusto from the event itself. And I also think at the end of the day, how do these things still happen? Like, I mean, accidents happen. I get that. But, I mean, really? Well, I mean, it was it was it was obviously made up before... 
Roman Reigns had to bow out, correct? I mean, that's... Right. Roman um, had tested positive for COVID. So right. what they were trying to do is they were not going to put the title on the line with Roman. Yeah. So they were going to say, well, what do we do with Brock? We just Now we just have Brock. So let's yeah. throw him into and make it a five-way now, a fatal five-way. And, well... I don't know the, the justification. Like, we have so much money that we're paying him. We need to do something. We can't just have him in there and lose to somebody because he's our monster. So he went ahead and he um, he won the championship. And Big E was specifically the guy that got pinned. And a lot of people were saying that they were really protecting um, the big build-up to the match, which is eventually going to be at the Royal Rumble this year, which is Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, obviously two former MMA fighters, a match that people have been clamoring about for at least 10 years, uh, from what I can remember, when Lashley was in Impact Wrestling, and they were always talking about what happens if they really went at it. Um, so, yeah, and then Big E obviously took the fall, and there's a picture circulating online of him sitting there. I don't know if this is a work or not, but he's just sitting there with his back against the ring apron, just looking like, what the hell just happened? Well, he, um, looks he looks crushed in that he, he does. Let me start off with you on this one, but the Big E title run, you know, for as much diversity in, as WWE is, is trying to push for, and then all of a sudden you got Big E, it looks like all signs are pointing to him being a, a consistent champion for long term, leading up to maybe something at WrestleMania. Boom, he's done. Is he a one-and-done champion? No. Uh, he won't be one and done. He's still over. I mean, people love him. The whole New Day gimmick and whatnot. Uh, he'll get another go at it. The thing is, Lesnar, as long as he's around, he can call his own shots more or less than anything. They're paying him huge. You know, they love him. He does whatever the hell he wants. So it'll have to be... He'll give up the belt when he feels like giving up the belt. Realistically, there are a small handful of guys that would take the belt off of him for. It's a very small handful, right? Uh, but Big E's not done by no stretch of the imagination, especially in today's day and age, which is diversity and everything like that. They'll put the belt back on him. Liam, let me ask you this. So they're going to build up for the Royal rumble and it'll be Bobby and in Brock. Do you think at this point in time, Brock would lose to Bobby or do you think Brock will head into WrestleMania as the champion? Or do you think there'll be a quick title change? It'll go to Lashley. Lashley will then obviously have maybe a rematch or have a match with Big E, And then Brock will move over for mania and have his match that he was supposed to have with Roman Reigns. I think all signs point to Brock taking on Roman at WrestleMania. Uh, that ha It has to be. That's that's the marquee match. Uh, with the way their characters have, I guess, for lack of a better term, flipped, uh, it's got a new dynamic. And as much as people didn't want to see it uh, last time they, they faced each other because they were just over it by that point, and people were booing it at the end, if we remember WrestleMania, where they were in the main event and people were booing the shit out of the main event. Well, how many times have they put those two together? It's been ridiculous. Well, it's not like John Cena, Randy Orton levels or anything, but you know. No, it's... but I want to say they've been together what about five times? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. But you know what? A good match is a good match. Now, like I said, with their characters being flipped, 
there's a new dynamic. So, you know, the fans want to boo the shit out of Roman now. They're on Brock's side because he's showing some personality, which is great, you know? So let's put them out there in a different type of stage. You can't do anything less than this for the world championship because it's not going to mean as much. Right. At this point, there's nothing you can really do. So they have to aim for that, and they got to pray that everything works out the way it's supposed to. But Big E... Sorry, go ahead. Well, so how does that affect it? That so, if, if we're going to get to the point where it's going to be Brock and Roman Reigns at some point in time, unless it's going to be title for title or unification or something along that lines, Brock would have to drop his belt to someone between now and WrestleMania so he could take on Roman Reigns. And I, I don't think he would beat Roman Reigns to be honest with you. I think they would have Roman Roman go over. And that would trying to solidify him even more. And a win over Brock Lesnar would definitely be something that would be a feather in his cap. To to win the one that he hasn't won yet would be a big deal. So does somehow does Big E get back in the title picture if no. he is with Bobby Lashley? Or how does how is no. that gonna work? No, it, it there's there's no way. It, let's put this on the back burner for a bit, right? It's not gonna happen right now. They had to make a a, a quick decision. Because of Roman's COVID analysis, they had to make a quick decision. I think they made the right decision. Uh, and I think that the way people have been talking the last few years, do we really need a title on each show? Probably not. Why not do a unification match? Put both titles up for grabs, unify that title, make one title, take it back to the lineage of WWE champion. We don't need a world heavyweight. We don't need a universal. Just WWE champion. Let's continue that lineage, unify the titles, and go from there. We don't need a title, a world title on each brand. It's it's kind of nuts, especially when the you know the stories don't really lend themselves to anything really exciting. So, I mean, the the way it would have to work, I guess, is that. Bobby Lashley's going to probably lose at Royal Rumble. Uh, I, I don't think him holding the title right now is really in the cards either. But it's not to say he won't hold it again. But at the same point, him and Brock are getting up there. You know, yeah. they're in their 40s. They're they're not going to last with it forever. Like, that, that'd be like saying AJ Styles could go for the title again. He could, but he's, he's as old as me now. I can barely get out of this fucking chair when I get out of the fucking garage. <laughs> then again, he's in good condition, so you know. I don't know. There's there's lots of variables, but let's just let's just look at it the way it is right now. I think we can see the writing on the wall. We know where they're headed. I'm not opposed to it. You know. But any final comments on this before we turn the page? Nope. Let's flip the page. From the windows to the walls. So the sweat drops down. Yes. I thought you were going to sing Bob Seeker for a second, but I guess not. <laughs> that would, oh my God, that'd be the complete opposite of Bob Seeker. My God. You know, uh, <laughs> here I am on the road again. You know who I really have listened to a lot recently, and that is Billy Ocean. Who else has a big Billy Ocean? Oh my. What? Who's Billy Ocean? Ugh. Oh my gosh! Get out of my car, or get into my dreams. Get out of my car. Right. That shitty song. It's what not, the fuck it's are not you? shitty. Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. 
Yeah. What are you, uh, circa 1985? What are you doing? Caribbean Queen, 1984. Oh, no. No, that, that's enough. It's a good song. No. I, yeah, if you're going to a fucking disco in the 80s, sure. My God. You don't even know who. What's wrong with you? Hold, well, hold on for a quick second, because I know you're the music guy, but but are you legitimately telling me you have not ever heard of who Billy Ocean is? Hmm? I've probably heard a song, but I have no idea who it is. Uh, Butt likes banjo. That's a, if there's no banjo or steel guitar, I don't want to listen to it. Uh, yeah, fuck them. But exactly. You just said butt likes banjo. Oh, gee, I'm not even. Going I, I do. He's not wrong. Are you serious? Yeah, I listen to country music. Oh, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with country music. Country music is fine, but it's just when he just said butt likes banjo, it was just kind of like, hmm, okay. No, he does. Uh, he said it before. Man, See, I pay attention, unlike you, Freelance. So. Yeah, living in the Commonwealth. Okay, that's fine. Mm. Um, all right, I'm gonna queue up some Billy Ocean as we as we. Uh, oh my here. fuck! But um, oh, another thing, I want to share with you guys. This this has nothing to do with any topic, but I there are two WWF superstars that I am huge fans of from the '80s that I have now just become better acquainted with them as far as their thought process on matchmaking and wrestling and philosophies on the business. I love listening uh, to Steve Kern, um, who obviously was Skinner. Loved yep. the Skinner character, by the way. He was that was as well, was he not? Huh? Was he not Doink for a little bit? No, that was, that was uh, Matt Bourne. Yeah, but there was two or three people that did Doink. Yeah, he wasn't any of them. It was like Bray Apollo, Matt Bourne, those guys. Yeah, um, but, Steve Kern okay. was also in the Fabulous Ones. Who he was, that was that was Stan Lane. So yes, but yep. I'm just a big fan of him, um, and I'm I'm a huge God. I love listening to Greg the Hammer Valentine uh, shoot interviews. It is uh, so good. Um, I'm gonna pull up Billy Ocean first, and then oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm gonna pull the main thing is me and Butt really want to hear it. That's the main thing. So, oh, I have no doubt you guys want to hear this. Maybe not long, but no, I I think you like this. Why, God, there's so many of these damn ads nowadays. Whenever you try to play a freaking video, all right, here, I'm just gonna play this in the background. So it's not. Nope. Just hold on. I don't want to. Paint it on. Blame my meat. Touch my meat. What? Have you heard this one yet, bud? No. Yeah, Hold on, we're getting to the best part here. We're getting to the hook here. Oh, God. We got a call Did, here. Uh-oh. We got a call here from... Uh, hold on. ECW fan. Hold on. Front row material hotline. Hold on. Yeah, what's going on, brother? Freeland, I just would like to say 
please do not be the DJ anymore. That was painful. I'm sorry for everyone in the chat and the other panel members had to listen to this crap. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. ECW fan, if anything, is short, sweet, and to the point. I like his uh, style. I yeah. can appreciate that. Now, do you, can you queue up some Almond Brothers or something I would actually enjoy, or Thin Lizzy, or you I know? I do that. Um, oh, oh, does anybody like Steely Dan? Nah, not so much. Um, Steelers Wheel. Steelers Wheel. What the fuck is that? Oh my god! You guys, I can't. What? I I just I can't I can't believe can't what you don't know who Steelers Wheel is. No. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna pull this up here. Oh boy! I can't. You guys, I thought you guys were like children of the '70s and '80s. I was born in the '70s. That's about it. Oh, that caught in the middle or stuck in the middle or whatever the fuck it is. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, whatever. It's not a bad song. But have you ever heard this? I have. I thought that was Bob Dylan. It does sound like Bob Dylan. <laughs> like that, kind of. But actually, these people have talent, so. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah! Wow. Throwing the shade at Bob Dylan. I don't oh care. I don't God. like he him anyway. He could not hold a key to save his life. Look, he's made money, and good for him. Good for Bob Dylan. He just he sounds like he's he's choking the the, the main vein here with a frog hat down his throat. And, why why he's and got hey, you know asthma and a sinus infection? That's what he hey, sounds. Let, let's uh, let's welcome Whatever. all the people into this wrestling podcast, uh, playing all the music uh, like fucking Billy Ocean and uh, stealing a hubcap Steelers or whatever the fuck you're playing. <laughs> Stealing hubcap. Yeah, play some, play something good like Randy Travis or something. Oh my, god. Randy oh, Travis. Yeah. Oh my god. Did Forever song... and ever, amen. Did he have a that... song called "The Hole"? Wasn't that? Uh, a song <laughs> Did he have a song called "The Hole"? <laughs> okay, you know what? But don't give me that look because I no, I've know. Never heard him sing a song called "The Hole." <laughs> I'm gonna Randy tell you right now. Travis. It's either oh. X-rated or something about prison. No, or... it's it's shut up. <laughs> it's uh it's legit. Here it is. The hole. I got it right oh. here. I'll play it. He, he it is legit. The hole. There you go. I'm gonna play it right oh. now. Yeah. Well, hey, this is for this is for the bud. He suffered through everything else, so he can hear this. Feel my IQ dropping, but Oh my god, he should do a duet with Nia Jax. Holy crap. Oh it's my sound, God. Why do they? Why do the, a lot of the country singers sound like Kermit the Frog? That's what I they, can't understand. They do sound like Jim Henson. Oh, he's playing what? 
lot when I seen him live like, yeah. a bunch of years ago. He's amazing. I'm not I'm not and, and I'm being facetious, obviously. I think he's a very talented guy and he's really good. I'm just saying, like uh I'm gonna <laughs> Okay. I'm taking a pause because I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole for a second, you guys. Well, Love listening know. to shoot who likes listening to shoot interviews? Are, are Liam, are you a shoot interview guy? Yeah, I've got some on my channel right now. Beautiful. And what's the name of that channel? Uh, it's just just look up Liam Savage. You'll find it. I got a Louis Spicoli interview uh, shooting interview up right now. So I've seen that. Well, I've seen your yeah. for it. I haven't watched it yet. I got okay. some other ones going up too. I might yeah. boycott it until you play country music. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to play a small clip from Greg Warner Valentine talking about Owen Hart, just because I think that. What the fuck was that all about? I was. I have a chip out of the bottom of my glass, and I'm not happy about it. Oh, I'm getting like, worse. Yeah, you gotta. Oh, gotta it's, get... it's, it's, yeah, I gotta go to Toronto yeah, just to get one. Yeah, where's it from? From uh, Bellwoods Brewery in Toronto. No. Abbott Bellwoods. Gabbage, it's not garbage. Cabbage. No, no. You're tasting okay, wrestling. Wait, wait, Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna get this. is This is this is a great story. You need to hear it. Here we go. Everybody, if you haven't heard this story before, you're going to absolutely love it. Here we go. As well, from the time we're shooting this a day or two ago, it was the anniversary of Owen Hart's death. You wrestled him as the Blue Blazer early on, and I know you knew the Hart family, you know, for years. And you yeah, because I broke in to wrestling up there with Stu Hart. Yeah, and I. I don't remember meeting Owen. I mean, I remember meeting Brett, you know. And um, so I'm a product of the dungeon. And uh, so, you know, I saw that Viceland thing you're talking about, about Owen Hart. Very, very sad. They, they do a good job with that, though. That's, that was great. And what I was going to tell you was I was in Canada. And I was with Jim the Anvil Nightheart, his brother-in-law. And we're right in the back of a limousine. We we had just done autographs at a drag racing place. We're kind of an odd place to do autographs, but we did them all over the place. So this was right before the, the races started. And we're out there signing autographs. And then we get into the limo and we're riding back to Toronto. And we, we, we actually had cell phones then. I remember this now. And... I can't remember the year that he passed away. Do you remember that? It was 99. Okay. Well, I had my cell phone. I was one of the first guys to have that big-ass cell phone. And, uh, but Jim had a cell phone, too, and he goes, Greg, he goes, he says, I can't believe it. He says, Owen just died. He, uh, the cable broke that they were letting him down as a blue brazier, and he, and he hit the top of the turnbuckle and broke it. Okay, this is clearly not the one I was thinking. That yeah, be... thanks for bringing us down. No, I'm yeah, sorry. That, I'm gonna that was not the one I... Cry. Hold on, hold on a second. I apologize. Uh, let me... Okay. He's a professional, um... everybody. Shut up. Shut... God damn you. So what happens <laughs> when the rip goes? Okay, here we go. This is this is this this is the one. I apologize. There was two different clips. I, I clicked on the wrong clip. This one's really good. Here we go. You also worked with the young Rick Root in Charlotte. Oh my back, god. Back in the early eighties. Yeah. 
Does anything stick out to you about this? He was really, I guess, really green at the time before the whole rabbit. Yeah, one thing that really sticks out, that's kind of X-rated a little bit, but I I used to do that backwards suplex. This is before I, I started using a figure four. So that was my finish. Backwards suplex and then drop the elbow. So uh, I guess according to Rick, and he told me this four or five years later when I saw him in New York, and he was green back then. And I suplexed him backwards, and I almost lost him. That's kind of a dangerous suplex. But he had his head tucked in, tucked in, thank God. But I busted his nut. I x-rated, I mean x-rated because I ruptured his left nut. With the suplex? Yeah, I don't know how I did it. He had to go go home and get it fixed. And he told me about it years later. And I did the same thing to Owen Hart, but it wasn't suplex. It was like I was, I hated doing those running back and forth and they were doing the leapfrogs, leapfrogs. And I was trying not to make it look too obvious that I was ducking under. And one time, I don't know, Stu Hart said I didn't, I didn't, uh, go down deep enough so I clipped his left nut too but <laughs> what was really unfortunate for him he 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 lost his left nut because of that wow, really? and then I remember seeing Stu Hart at the Cauliflower Alley out here and he was he was in bad shape and he was in a wheelchair and everything and he go eh, eh, you uh you busted Owen's nut eh, and like uh, I go, You're, and I never heard about it. I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And, I, you know, Owen's passed away now, and it's really sad. And uh, But, yeah, so they, I guess I was a nut buster for, you know. Holy shit. Like, wow, he busted I'm a laying, nut. I'm laying in bed, and I'm just listening to these, these shoot interviews just as I fall asleep. And... I, I literally, I'm tr- I'm trying to h- hold it in. And I'm burying my face in the pillow because I'm listening, and he just keeps saying "nut." <laughs> and it was just so serious, you know. It wasn't testicle. It wasn't. I hit his groin. Uh, I broke his nut. And then when he went into stew, he broke out his nut. <laughs> I about pissed myself in bed at three in the morning. Oh my god. How do you find this stuff, Freeland? Because I'm a wrestling aholic. I I listen so. to thousands of shoot interviews. Um do, do you guys either one of you guys have a favorite shoot interview of somebody like is your go-to? Um The only one I can oh. think of, and it's just the one little snippet is Iron Sheik going mad about raping B. Brian Blair after he puts him in the camel clutch. Oh, great I stuff. I can't think of nothing else. Did, did you guys ever hear when Iron Sheik was on Howard Stern and they, they pranked him and they said Macho Man was live via satellite? Have you guys seen that one? No. Yeah. Okay. I saw that. It. Yeah. But you need to see that. It is... Holy crap. Uh, really, really good. But let me ask you this. Um, is there anybody that you would actually pay to see like a Q&A live interview session? 
Um, I actually paid to see McFoley's. That was fantastic. Uh, a couple of years ago when he was doing the Ontario tour. I've seen Jake Roberts. Uh, his was fantastic. I've seen Ricky Steamboat at a local show here. Yeah. Um, is there anybody I pay to see right now? I'll tell you one that's probably a little offside. I'd like to see um, Bob Holly. I think that could be entertaining as all get out. That could. You no know, Jericho, of course, but no. I think Bob Holly would would be a great <coughs> Q and A. I'm trying to find. Um, I, don't oh, know if I'll, I don't know if I'll find it tonight, but there was one that was just absolutely hilarious, and it was about Greg, Greg Valentine again uh, working with. Um, Working with George Steele. Has, has anybody ever heard Greg Valentine's um, thoughts on working with George Animal Steele? No. We're going to have to play that. Um, here's what we're going to do, you guys. We've got a couple more topics to go, but we're going to take a small piss break, as they say. We're going to take a break. Uh, don't go anywhere. We come back. we got a couple more topics before we wrap up the show. I'm going to play a couple more clips of my good buddy, uh, Greg Valentine. Greg doesn't do a podcast. I think that would be great to get him on as a guest. What's your thoughts on that? Let's get him on. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to try to get him on. I'd also like to get uh, Steve Kern on as well. I think that would be a really good good. good interview. I don't necessarily think that would happen, but I'd love it. Yeah, it would be good. I, but I, wow, I think he's so guarded that there's no way he would do one. So, or he'd probably want a lot of money. So, all right, don't go anywhere. We're going to take about a three minute break. We will be back. This is Front Row Material. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan take it and I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the cowwalk, yeah on the cowwalk, on the cowwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the cowwalk. Yeah, I do 
baby. to Front Row Material. This is your Tuesday night podcasting destination. My name is Mike Freeland, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful panelists. Joining us tonight from Canada is The Butt, who is probably still uh, stepping away for a minute, getting a, a beverage uh, refill, and Liam Savage as well. Um, yep. So what else is going on with you, Liam, before we uh, we talk a little more wrestling? Anything else new? No, uh, I'm, I'm going through my tapes, though. So, um, my YouTube channel is getting filled up with a lot of different stuff. Nice. I took a little bit of a break there, but, uh, you know, I've had to edit some stuff together. I've got a weird, some weird Al Yankovic, uh, compilations on there. Great stuff. Love some weird Al. Good dude right there. You might Um, enjoy those. Yeah. I got some shoot interviews coming up. Uh, Luis Piccoli one up today. I've got a Lance Storm one. I have... This is a this is kind of the holy grail. I have a Todd Gordon shoot interview from 1998, I believe it is, and it, it's from OneWrestling.com, which I haven't seen Still anywhere after. else. Well, nowadays, yeah, but back then it was Dave Shearer, okay, and Bob Ryder, so they're on the uh, they're on there as well. So it's it's pretty rare. So if you really like the old ECW stuff, you like that, and then I've got one of his uh, newer ones up there as well. And uh, yeah, I've got a Balls Mahoney, got a Balls Mahoney one up there. Uh, Axel Rodden. Uh, don't think I have much more wrestling shoot interviews to put up, but uh, yeah, I got some good stuff going on. Have you seen the Axel Rotten one where he is like, it's like he's in a assisted living facility. He's all cleaned no. up, and he yeah, it's really interesting, and he talks from the heart. Gonna have to send you that link. Um, when was this? Like before, just before he died, or something? Uh, I, I don't think it was too terribly before that, but I will find <laughs> that and I'll have to send that to you so you can see that. But it all was, right. um, it was really, really good. Um, just talking about what he put his body through and all that, and you know how the the death matches and whatnot, and the pain pills, and how all that all that takes a toll, and uh, it definitely shaves some years off your life. So. But uh, Butster, look at that. Wh- who you represent? Is that a Silas Young shirt? Silas Young, buddy. I got it for Christmas. I love it. Love me some Silas Young. He's been on the show before, and we're definitely going to have him back again. Uh, this topic, I think, is interesting because of a lot of different reasons. And I, I know it's very polarizing. Oh. So oh, 
the whole situation here, Big Swole went on a podcast and she was speaking about how she felt that diversity and that the company just really didn't have a focus um, as far as creative was concerned and this and that. And she was just kind of speaking her mind. And she did talk about diversity as far as the organization was going. And she is married to Cedric Alexander. And I think from what I understand, and I read the transcripts from her interview, uh, I guess she had a conversation with her daughter and her daughter was basically saying, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, why don't we see more people that look like you and I as champions? Or why don't we see more people that look like you and I uh, being main stars? And I don't know if uh, AEW's PR or whatever, if they had heard or read the uh, transcripts or heard the interview as it was or whatever, but um Tony basically kind of fired back and said, hey, listen, you know, we are a very diversified company. And he started mentioning how the internal structure of the company is very um, ethnically diversified and how the roster itself is very um, diversified and talking about, you know, we not only have African-Americans, but we have Latinos as well. And we have people of all walks of life on our roster. And he ended the tweet with saying, basically your wrestling wasn't up to par and that's why I let you go. And everybody, everybody really jumped all over his case pretty hard with that. And what I thought was interesting was that Leo Rush jumps into the conversation as well. He he jumps into the conversation, and I sent you guys some screenshots uh, for your show notes. And I don't know, personally, my thoughts are, once again, if it's involving two other people, I wouldn't necessarily jump immediately into a situation publicly. Um, if you do have concerns about something, you probably could say something behind the scenes, like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute about it? But I think also when the flip side, I think... I don't know. I. It's such a touchy issue and it's such a difficult topic that I feel like it's very polarizing. I feel like either people are on one side or the other. And Leo has subsequently come out, not with a, a redaction or a retraction of his statement, but he's basically said he is happy to be working for Tony Khan and how after he met with uh, Tony and his well, wife. Well, for much longer. <laughs> he, he he realized um, that, yes, I learned more stuff about the company itself. And, you know, there is Jade Cargill and there is um, Powerhouse Hobbs and, you know, there is Private Party. And there's a lot of stars that are of different ethnicities outside of Caucasian that do get pushed. And I don't know. I don't know. I want to ask you guys your thoughts on this. Was this a a quick knee-jerk reaction when it comes to somebody says something and it doesn't sound pretty and all of a sudden everybody wants to jump on that person and say they're bad or do you think maybe Tony shouldn't have said anything? Go on, bud. I got a rant, so go ahead. Oh, Real Rush is an idiot first, so let's get that out of the way. He needs to just shut his cock washer. Period. <laughs> End of discussion. He's a little yappy little cracky dog. That's all he is. It runs off at the yap, doesn't know shit from tar, so he needs to just shut up. That's the first part of it. Big Swole, uh, the reason she's not around is because she's not that good. Not beating up on her. <laughs> Way more talented than I am, but she is not the second coming of Christ. She is no Charlotte Flair. You know, she's not Britt Baker. Hold on. The second coming of Christ? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of, of all comparisons. <laughs> Holy That's cow. the first thing about, boys, I don't think I open my mouth and whatever comes out, God help us all. We know. But, no, this is nonsense. Tony Khan shouldn't have to defend himself first off. He's the boss. He has spoken. Conversation's over. You don't like it. You can batter the Jesus out of here because nobody gives a fuck about Big Swole. People care about Tony Khan. I'm not even quite sure what that last phrase was. You can batter. It's a Newfoundland saying, batter to Jesus. It means fuck off. off. Uh, There's two things that ran through my mind when I heard batter to Jesus. I I was thinking fish sticks and I was thinking uh, Louisville Slugger. Um, So maybe it's a you have to be there to understand it type of thing. Yeah, I I say words people don't understand. No, but the whole thing is just. Nonsense. AEW is a diverse company. You know, they've got African American, they've got Latino, uh Sunny Kiss is on there, right? Um uh I'm having a brain cramp. Um, Nala Rose. There you go. I mean, this is very diverse. You don't see stuff like that on WWE, and you didn't see but never heard of it before much anyhow in North America. A little bit in Mexico, they used to do stuff like that, but you never heard of it in the States, and I've never heard of it in Canada. I'm sure it happens, but well, they are diverse. Um, Swole's just not good, and she's bitter, and she's just trying to take everything down. Tony Khan probably shouldn't have said nothing, but he feels the need to defend himself, so that's what he did, and good for Tony Khan. Going to throw it over to Liam. Okay, so um, I will say that Tony Khan does open his mouth a lot, says a lot of stuff, but the fact that he says what he does and tries to own it and doesn't try to back down, I can respect. Doesn't mean everything he says I agree with or appreciate, but I respect the fact that he says what he thinks and just sticks by it. Um... The thing is that Swole, I don't know why she was called that in general, because she wasn't fucking swelled up, so stupid fucking name to begin with. There's no name there. My name is Big or my name is Swole. Well, those aren't names, so fuck off. And the other thing is that she, like Butt was saying, she wasn't very good. And I think the, was it that match with Britt Baker, that tooth and nail bullshit, that that really put the nail in her coffin right there. Um, she wasn't very good. Now, for her to say that creatively they're a bit whacked out, yeah, I can agree with that, because they don't follow up on a lot of stuff that I think they should, and that's fine. Like I'm not running the company, it's not my company. Whatever. <clears throat> as far as the not diverse, that's complete bullshit. They're probably the most diverse wrestling company I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It shows that they're giving opportunities to anybody. Uh, do I think they need to in some cases? No. Uh, sometimes they do it just to say we've done it, but... Uh, you know, it, the, the fact that, that Leo Rush as well, like, this guy... He's talented. I'll give him that much. And he can talk. Let's not dispute that. He talks However, he does. But when he's on the mic, he does a good job. However, 
the thing is with him is that when he he lets his actions or he he lets his words speak more than his actions sometimes when he gets upset he lets everybody know i don't even do that i don't even do that and that should say something to you he I, i've got a lot of opinions but i wouldn't go on the rant he is he uh he likes to burn bridges it seems and i mean hey if that's if that's his thing great go ahead like say whatever the fuck you want that's great i appreciate the fact that he is saying what he thinks that's that's awesome but it's so short-sighted in some ways, and then he he flips out on Tony Khan, who's paying his bills, essentially, making him a living, and he's flipping out on him, saying, this isn't right, this isn't right. It's not your fucking decision. You don't have any say in this. You're not running the company. Shut the fuck up. Easy. The... the I don't understand why this guy keeps getting opportunities places. He, he is, he's all over the fucking map. He's retired God knows how many times now. He he puts his foot in his mouth so many times when he's talking. It's, uh, you kind of wonder sometimes why why this guy is, is not learning from his mistakes. If he doesn't want to, that's fine. Go, go ahead. But, I mean, at some point you would start to think, you know what, maybe I should shut the fuck up about this because I don't know everything that happened, and just because he could he could be looking at it like, well, I'm black and she's black, so I guess I gotta speak up. Well, we just got that point proven wrong by the other uh, black wrestlers that have said, no, this is a good company and I agree with Tony Khan. So, like Will Hobbs, uh, I think one of the guys in private party, whatever, but I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a huge situation, and I don't think much needs to make, be made about it. Swole can think what she wants, but she's not. She wasn't very good. No disrespecting her, but I mean, let's be honest. She wasn't very good. So don't blame your shortcomings on other people. That's all I can say. One person we're missing. Sorry, Freeland. Go ahead. I apologize. No, no, no. Continue. One of the people we never even brought up, uh, Jade Cargo. She is a African American female who's probably going to be a champion really, really soon. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, there's something to it. She's just bitter. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I I debated whether or not to bring up the topic on the show just because nah. it, it it's it's one of those things where. You, you're never really quite sure how people are going to respond. And I, I try to go about this as professionally as, as possible just to kind of throw everything out there so people could say, okay, so this is what her side of the story is. This is how he feels about it. Um, I think if I had to put myself in the shoes of a lot of people on social media, what they're probably thinking is you probably don't need to air your grievances on social media like that. Um, I think that's probably the, the, the bone people would pick with the retort. But once again, I'm not him. I'm not her. Um, I can't say how I would necessarily feel if I felt like, my gosh, I'm trying to create something where everyone has opportunities, you know, not only intergender, you know, regarding or racially regarding. And I feel like it's not being not necessarily praised, but just recognized and yeah, I think that would be a difficult thing. But once again, 
just always be careful before you hit that send button when it comes to tweets and whatnot. So, but it's one of those things. No matter what he does, there's plenty of people not happy. It's just some people yeah. like just miserable people. Like yeah. you give them a sack full of hundred dollar bills, they'll piss and moan. It's too heavy to carry. Some right. people are just like that. That's just the way it is. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, poor me. I'm the victim. No, you're not the victim. Everybody's not a goddamn victim. Everybody can go. get a goddamn trophy and get your head out of your ass, grow up, be an adult. I'm going to have to learn right. more about this this beer-battered Jesus thing. This is, uh, this is a really <laughs> Beer-battered Jesus. This is really interesting. That's the only way I'm going to remember it. Um <laughs> Very interesting. That actually um, concludes all of our topics for this week. I feel like they've been a really interesting uh, set of questions. Obviously, if you're just joining us right now, we determined, you know, how do we feel like Big E was booked uh, when obviously he lost um, Fox, obviously giving all of the details away about who was going to be winning on WWE's first premiere live event. Don't call me pay-per-view. Um I thought that was very, very interesting. Obviously, the Tony Khan situation was something Andre, Andrade, El Idolo, and Ric Flair, and so on and so on. If you like the show, please, by all means, download it. It is available anywhere you get your fine podcasts. Uh, shows drop on Friday. They will be coming out in an audio form, but obviously you can always watch the video form here as well. Please go ahead and hit that follow button, uh, and if you'd be so inclined, hit the subscribe button on Twitch. Every penny helps us to put it back into the shows and keep things afloat. And let me let me just be specific here. It's not putting money in anyone's pocket. Definitely not ours. It's to pay the expenses to be able to keep doing the show because it's very much a pay-to-play. Um, okay. It's just the way it is. You have to have the outlet and the platform to be able to do these things. So also, go ahead and hit the uh, follow button uh, or the subscribe button, I should say, on our YouTube channel. We would love for you to do that. Um, I'm thinking about doing a contest. You remember how? It's going to go well. If you guys, if you guys, <laughs> it's going to be a while, but if you guys ever did this uh, in the States, we had these things in elementary school where we would be, it would usually happen around the holidays. We'd have this catalog and people could buy wrapping paper or candy or something out of this thing. And we would see how many people we could get. Maybe I thought about this. Uh, if they could show how many people they've brought to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, maybe we could do a, a contest. Whoever can bring the most people in could actually take my spot for a night and uh, go ahead and, and host the show, be on the panel and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So maybe that would be something that we could do. Oh, sure. that. Yeah. So whoever can bring in the most amount of people and prove it with a screenshot. Hey, I've gotten these people to go ahead and subscribe. How would it be proved? How would we do that? We'll have to talk about it. All right. We'll there is also our March to 100 subscribers that we need to bring back out there about the prize that Rit has mentioned at Autographs.Sabu Autobiography. That's a big deal. Once we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, we will pick someone at random. Yep. And you will get that book. No questions asked. Yep. So that's pay for shipping. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened, right? <laughs> that's but that's a that's a that's a major thing we want to get done. We want to build our YouTube channel. We also want to build Twitch. 
Yep. Uh, we want to keep expanding, guys. So as long as you keep telling other people about us, then we will help reward you as best we can. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you buy something from Brainbuster Tees, evidently, and you show a copy of the receipt, the writ will personally send out to you a for our material T-shirt. No questions asked. Go well, ahead. You bought some from Pro Wrestling Tees. Well, you can buy them from Pro Wrestling Tees as well. You hmm. can buy them from uh, Spreadshirt as well. Am I? If you buy from Spreadshirt, I guarantee if you do it in the next two weeks, it will be here for Christmas next year. But you have to get your order 50, in in the 50. next two weeks. 50-50 from Spreadshirt. Uh, use, yeah. the, uh, use the promo code BeerBetterJesus and uh, yeah. get 10% off. Yeah. There you go. Oh, my oh gosh. God. All right. Anything else you guys want to say? Uh, go ahead and plug your YouTube channel as well. We've been talking about it all throughout the show, Liam. Uh, music oh. and all different kinds of things, the shoot interviews. Uh, where can people find that? What do they need to search? So go to my Twitter, Savage Liam, and go on my link tree. There's a, a, a link to it right at the top of my profile. You'll have access to our channel here, our YouTube channel, but also my excuse me my uh my other crap that i have i don't know my youtube though that's the main thing the youtube is the main thing for me that i'm trying to build right now i've got close to 400 subscribers on there but that's over a long time that's we're here's what we're gonna do we're gonna shut down (laughs) our materials we're gonna rename it migrate it yeah yours and then we'll be at 400. That's, incre- that's incredible. You have 400 people who, who follow you. It's incredible after 15 years that I've only had 400 subscribers. Yes. There's so many people have way more. But I don't promote, really, except on here. That's it. So uh, got some shoot interviews coming up. Um, some uh, music stuff. Some con- some live bootleg concerts I'm going to have up. And... Um, I, I do. And uh, there's going to be some wrestling events uh, that I'm going to be posting in the next uh, month. I uh, can't say exactly when because it's a matter when I can get to it. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is we do have something from one of our great listeners, Travis Bohab. And he has something to give away. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to discuss this with the written Freeland about how we're going to do this contest, but it's something that I think a lot of people here will want to take advantage of and try to win. So look for that in the coming weeks. Ooh, a little teaser. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Now, does it, does it mean people, a part of the company are not allowed to uh, compete in the contest? I assume. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't want it. <laughs> so oh my God. not to say you're it's not, bad. You're not no, no, selling no. it. No, 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 no. I not to say it. it's no, not to say it's bad. It's just no. not my cup of tea. It's not your cup. But of tea. a lot of people here would really enjoy it, I think. And it's a very generous thing he's offered. Yes. And uh yeah, we're gonna see what we can do to uh get that away to one lucky listener slash viewer uh, in the next little while. So we stay tuned for that. Yes, we'll definitely talk about that. Butster, what's on your uh, horizon? How can uh how can Start people follow on. you? Twitter uh, at gotnoof2291, Cult of Beardo, Thursday nights at 8. What's coming up this Thursday night? You want to give us a sneak preview of what's going to be... Hold on a second. Give us a sneak preview of what's going to be happening on Cult of Beardo. Uh, This Thursday night, we're actually going to be reviewing the career of Nancy Benoit, Sullivan, woman, whatever you'd like to call her. 
Uh, we actually have Taylor joining us again this week. And yeah, it should Swift? be good. Taylor Swift? No. Not Who's Taylor? Ta- Taylor. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. It's Very nice. Time. I don't get irritated on that show nearly as much as I do on this show. Oh my God! This is. Did you get irritated great... this week? Yeah, did no, you get I haven't no. freaked out this week. Hmm. Gotta do something about that. Hmm. And don't forget, uh, tickets fuck do... the banjo. There tickets you go. Do go on. Tickets nah. do go on sale for the Randy Travis Nia Jax. This is my whole for uh, 2022. You should find all your information at Ticketmaster.com. Or you can go to StubHub as well. So, it should be interesting. My hole! Okay. That's I'm enough of that. And I'm going to uh, a hole. Uh, I'm also next week going to have some more great clips from Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, he's going to be Can't talking wait. about George Steele. So, George Steele. Everybody remind me about that one. All right. Oh, make sure to. Yeah. We're going to forget guaranteed. I've already forgotten what we're talking about, so there you go. This is ridiculous. Guys, it's been rough. It's been fun. It's, it's been rough. Real. It has, yeah. <laughs> it has, uh, it has been night. rough. It very has. Yeah. I'm going to have a nightmare of that character on your t-shirt, by the way, but that looks creepy Silence Young, shit. the last real man. No, no I, I, he is the Mike Tyson's real. punch out there. Look, That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. For yeah. everybody out there in the front row material world, thank you so much for supporting us. Once again, call to Beardo. Uh, Friday, you're going to get a chance for Feature Stars Now. I've got a great interview coming up there as well. This show will drop audio-wise on Friday. Other than that, I'm Mike Freeland. I'm out. We'll see you next week. Have a good night. The rule.